0: This podcast, hey, hold on, brand new podcast, whoa, nice. switch it up. My special, Hey Big Boy, is streaming right now on Netflix, so go to Netflix and check out Hey Big Boy, and uh, and enjoy it. If you're home like we are, enjoy it. And make Sit- sure
1: you watch the credits.
0: And make sure you watch the credits. The credits are super important.
1: They're super cool. We,
0: le- we left a bunch of Easter eggs in the credits. Um, my bestie, Tom Segura's uh, special, Ball Hog is streaming as well
1: what a name who came up with that name
0: he's got two stools (laughs) in there um check out his we got a new two bears one cave coming out every single week and i am on rogan this week uh that is it for for uh for anything to promote we are hold up i'm gonna be doing a podcast with leanne uh soon just to talk about how things are going um
1: with homeschooling so awesome i am
0: headed to uh the endodontist right now to get a root canal I have what our dentist called the biggest cavity cavity he's ever seen.
1: Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty Grand Canyon-esque.
0: Oh, I'm in so much fucking pain.
1: It was pretty much half your tooth.
0: I'm it, this is very poetic that this would happen to me during the coronavirus. Why? It's how this shit happens, Leanne. Look at any great hero, Tom Hanks and Castaway. This what? is yeah, he had a toothache. Toothaches bring down heroes. Is that right? And yeah, and, and I've been losing weight, and I've been running hard. And I think, I got to be honest with you, I think running is what caused it because I have a...
1: No, no, running did not cause your cavity. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it might be eating too many Skittles and not going to the dentist for eight fucking years. Maybe they would have caught your cavity eight years ago and filled it.
0: Guys, if you want to hear hot takes like this, check out <laughs> Leanne's podcast, Wife of the Party. Um, so I'm going to make this a quick intro. I know you just want to hear the podcast right now. That's where my head is. Um, Check out me on Rogan this week. Check out me and Tom's specials. Hey, big boy and ball hog. Do me a favor. Word of mouth is a game changer in this business. So if you enjoy either of them, you'll probably like mine more. But if you enjoy (laughs) either of them, just tell your friends. Send out a group text to your friends. Hey, man, if you're on Netflix and you've finished watching Cat King, Tiger King, check out Hey, big boy. Or or uh, ball hog whatever, my mouth is in so much pain.
1: Well, we're gonna go fix it.
0: We're gonna go fix it, and we're running late to the endodontist. So I'll get you right into the podcast. All I'll say is, uh, wait,
1: hold on, you got to say this podcast is brought to you by.
0: No, I no, I got that.
1: Okay, I was just. I know when sure. to do. My, I
0: know when to do my own. Reads. I
1: never know with you, because then if then you would have not done it, and then you would be gone, fuck the Why did not you remind me?
0: No, stop! My, you're killing me. Um, this podcast was, was recorded by, uh, before the outbreak of COVID-19, mm-hmm. um, or the coronavirus, this was pr- recorded before. So you're not going to hear talk about it. So I hope you can tap out. I hope you're done listening by the way, Tom and I are trying not to talk about it. Joe and I talked about it a little bit, but I'm going to try all, of, I have a podcast with Dr. Drew where we talk about it, but I'm going to try to avoid the topic because you already know what's going on. You're already watching the news. You're not coming to me to find more information or how I'm doing with my family you're doing yours with your family and keeping it locked down and and I'm doing the same and I'm going to try to try to make things lighter when you listen to this podcast that's my attempt I don't really give a fuck about shedding more light on the virus I just want you to be entertained so if you want to get on the treadmill and not think about the world that's why this is when comedy has been needed the most so this is a conversation oh wait you know what I'd like to thank our sponsors at whoop We are living in some crazy times right now, and anxiety is at an all-time high. And as we self-quarantine to combat this COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, we're stressed. And when we're stressed, sometimes we don't sleep well. And when we don't sleep well, our immune systems become weakened and become more prone to getting sick. And the best way to combat and boost your immune system is through great sleep. And right now, it could not be more important to have a product like the Whoop fitness tracker whoop is the best in its class when it comes to sleep tracking and even lets you know when you should be going to bed based on how strenuous your day was when we're stressed more than normal we need to sleep more as a result and whoop gives the insight and the feedback to help make better sleep performance habits i am actually sleeping phenomenally uh, better than i ever have In my entire adult life, definitely better than Sober October, and it's based on WHOOP letting me know when I should go to bed. And if you're stuck at home training like I am, WHOOP has built-in strain coach features that actually set exertion goals so you can optimally work out so you're not losing out on your fitness goals during this self-quarantine. Make the best out of this situation. Optimize your sleep and performance with WHOOP. Sleep better with personalized insights and strengthen your immune system. Train optimally and don't get out of shape while you're stuck at home. For my listeners, Whoop is offering 15% off with the code BERT at checkout. Go to whoop.com, that's W H O O P.com, and enter BERT at checkout to save 15% off, sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, optimize your performance with Whoop. Uh, Thank you to all my sponsors. We had a few more mid-roll reads in there. Thank you very much, guys. They are definitely keeping the lights on at times like these. So I hope you enjoy these podcasts. We're going to try to double up, bring more podcasts. Um, I talked to Dr. Drew for the future. We are social distancing during these podcasts. I am six feet away from Halston. We don't touch. I'm six feet away from my guests. We don't touch. And we keep distances. And as long as they say, as, as long as they keep it where we're at, at 10 or less people, this is still following the rules, and, and not, we
1: lice all everything, and
0: we lice all the fuck out of everything. L- Halston literally cleans us up like he killed a man after the after the <laughs> podcast. So we're all staying safe, and I want you to stay safe, and uh, and and listen. The numbers are going to bump a tad bit in the next few days, but don't get nervous. That's because of the latency period. Bert, I thought you were not going to talk about the virus. I'm not.
1: We just haven't peaked yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, we just have a peak chat. So, um, today's podcast is with Mike Vecchione. Uh, Mike Vecchione had a a, a an album, the worst kind of thoughtful. I listened to it and it's fucking hilarious. If you're looking for something to get your mind out of it, if you're going for sanity walks or just getting on the treadmill or getting on your elliptical and you don't want to listen to music because you're tapped out with your music bed and you just want to listen to something that's funny, God damn it, Mike Vecchione's a great comic. He is a great comic. He's one of Atel's favorite comics. That should say all you need to know. Totally. Now, should be noted, um, Mike and I had a you if you've I, all I will say in the past, Mike and I, um, had dated the same girl at one point. We don't talk about that at all, uh, at all. Um, I think we may re- it may be a subtle reference, but it's very long in our past. And 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 by the way, there's no we didn't know you'll talk we'll hear about it. We almost got into a fist fight in, in our freshman year of college, roughly around this, and that'll come up. But we don't really touch much into it. Uh, we both talked before the podcast. And we both hope she's doing really well. And so, and and it's like <clears throat> silly to come out and like have that be a topic of, sub- of conversation when there's so much more to talk about. We get a little emotional. Mike talks about the loss of his father and dealing with his father and his grandfather and his father and his himself. And it's really a fucking, he talks about uh, being engaged and losing that relationship. And it's a great fucking podcast. It really is a great fucking podcast. So if you want to tap out from the news cycle and you want to just listen to two dudes talk who are the same age, who both kind of grew up around the same place, both knew the same people, and now are in the same occupation, oddly fucking enough. I've been waiting to do this podcast with them for a long time. So I hope I deliver. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you stay safe with your family. Stay inside. Keep your contact minimal. Do what you got to do. Hey, if you're in Sherman Oaks, the joint is my fishmonger. They are on Ventura. They have tons of fish. They're baking bread daily, I think. They're, they're turning themselves into a grocery store. So if you are local on Ventura in Sherman Oaks, it's called The Joint. and, uh, and Ventura and Woodman. Ventura and Woodman. Hit them up. Tell them Bert sent you. Um, and they've got a ton of fresh fish. So ton of fresh fish. And I think they're bringing in more stuff to kind of take care of the community. So check them out. The Joint. All right. Yep. Um. I keep fucking my buddy's names, my name up, Leewi, lee Leeway, lee, 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 Leeway, Leeway, Leeway. Leeway is my man at the joint. I fuck his name up because I read it and I don't read it right.
1: Yeah, it does. L
0: i w i e.
1: Yeah, it's and Leeway.
0: Leeway, tell leeway lee, leeway to stay safe, Leroy. Tell Leeway <laughs> to stay safe. But Sherman Oaks, hit up the joint. They've got they've got your back and they've got fresh coffee and their coffee fucking raw. Their
1: coffee's awesome. Yes, and they have some nice wines
0: yeah but stay sober this coronavirus period get your health but the
1: coffee's amazing yeah get
0: your health Mm -hmm. shout out to leeway leeway jesus leeway leeway today's podcast without further ado ladies and gentlemen stand-up comedian former state wrestler (laughs) my buddy my eskimo brother (laughs) mike vecchione Souls. What's interesting about you is you are like from the guy that I assumed you would be. Yeah, you know, like wrestler, right. fucking out of like Pennsylvania or Ohio,
2: uh originally from Ohio. Yeah, but you lived in Pennsylvania too. Yeah, right? I went to I went to Penn State. To Penn so State? I right. placed in Florida in wrestling at states my yeah. senior year, and then I went to Penn we
0: State. met at, yeah. we met at uh, Rocket's yes, house briefly. We, we almost got a fight at Rocket's yeah. house. Yeah.
2: yeah, I was not. uh I, don't, I just i don't think i was in a good place who was that guy like Ra- how that's my
0: my biggest question
2: oh, is is no no
0: you like oh, yeah. where because because we had met we had had similar pasts we had we had obviously both were in tampa or florida florida yeah at one point right mutual friends of yours went to florida state right mutual friends of mine at florida state knew you and so and so i was like and i and we had we had our paths had crossed you know in in a in a in a uh lunaristic kind of way and right. then and when when we met you me and my friends from tampa met you and your friends right we almost got into a fight so then that's my record of you right. then cut to and and I, by the way i could tell you what you were wearing i remember that so vividly i could tell you where you were standing um and then i cut and then i meet you with big j right and we're kind of bullshitting on life experience oh, I'm for boca and i went shut the fuck up yeah oh, wait hold on wait yeah. and then I realize, and then I'm looking at you, going, "This is the most sensitive, thoughtful, intelligent,
2: brilliant comedian." Well, no, I'm not a meat. I look like kind of a meatheady guy. I guess that's that's what it was. But But you were a meathead that night, and so was I, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But like, what I want to know
0: about the transformation from that guy, sleeveless shirt, cut down to the mid.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was a style back then, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just got to cut to LA for right now. I taken I I didn't rent a car this time. Yeah. I'm taking Ubers everywhere. And uh it's really an experience if I take an Uber cuz in the notes like I it's funny to write stuff like um no eye contact. or it's like you know i mean like um i have no thumbs don't want to talk about it (laughs) to see if the guy uh you know responds well the good thing about
0: uber in la is you don't have to put on cologne because they put on enough for two (laughs)
2: that's great yeah it's great to find out their story and if you go to some of these small towns and take ubers like they just go in they go right in talk talk talking politics they go right in bro
0: i don't want to i won't i this is where i become a snob i will not get in just someone's car like i'm not getting in a dude's car (laughs) I'm getting in I will get only get uh the premium black car experience right. or like an SUV. I want a guy in a suit who's who talks about fucking Glendale and being Persian and his pride and <laughs> the Armenian genocide. Yeah, but the, the Armenian yeah. Armenian guy took me. Yeah, here. Armenian yeah. guys, yeah. But like I um I will not get into like a regular person's car because yeah. I've got so many times you just get in, they're like, like we were just me and Shane Torres we were one the other day and the guy goes uh pulls up to the tour bus and he's like oh shit i'm taking you and i was like yeah he's like oh shut the fuck oh, up then he goes Tuck. so then the whole time he is just staring at me in the rear view mirror right and then halfway through he starts to live stream us and he's like ah oh, i got the machine in my backseat right. with his friend where are you going man And i'm like i kind of want to keep that secret like i don't don't yeah. want to put that on your social media but so like i just i want but the problem i run into
2: now that's great if you flip out you you do one of those TMZ meltdowns and get the camera out of my face, man. I'm warning you. Get it out of my face. I got a short fuse. Like that's great if you like. A, it's like that. That yeah. I got a temper. And oh, then you just film me, motherfucker. <laughs> film me. Now I'm filming you, dude. Uh,
0: I my thing I run into, and I, I've got to be careful of how I word this. Is I order Uber so often from my house right. that it's the dudes who live around me that pick me up often. So oh, I've got okay. like two or three guys that I, that I'll Uber and they'll be like, Hey Bert, it's Glenn. I'll be there in five. And then you get there and it's like, we've got running jokes. <laughs> like there's one guy, Evgeny, Eugene is his name, but I call him Evgeny. Cause that's how you say Eugene in Russian and me and him. I mean, he, he drives me so much that sometimes I'm not even fucking around. I know you won't believe this. So I'm going to show you the text. He will text me and go, Hey man, you need a ride anywhere? just text me that's really great and it's fucking awesome because i'll be like hey bud rent's due need a ride (laughs) he texted me the other day he goes how do you spell eugene look i swear to god he goes hello how are you any rides (laughs) (laughs) i swear to god because he like and then i was like yeah i need to go to the improv and he was like i'll be there at five so i was like oh i didn't even have to call an uber he just texted I think he knows my schedule. Right. So he's like, it's eight o'clock. Someone's got spots tonight. That's great. And so he's like, uh. That's so great. Yeah. But um You're like, I wasn't
2: gonna go out, but now that you offered, I think uh, I think I'm gonna do a spot.
0: So is that where is that how your is your brain always on like that? Like when you get in an Uber, you're like, here we go. Uh brap rap rap. Like, yeah, there's
2: a like uh comedically I'm like, there's a chunk here. You somewhere. always see it because yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. your your up is I'm curious of how you write because you know and and to go back to that when i saw when i met you with big j right we had all had extremely bad sets that night do you remember
2: i don't think you had a bad set i was watching you going oh my god because i had a bad set i think jay did pretty well i and walked then, i walked a
0: paraplegic do you remember
2: that <laughs> a paraplegic walk
0: <laughs> like got up and <laughs> got up and left and and i was like are you serious
2: <laughs> and and they kept coming in with the straw like and he's like
0: you suck
2: <laughs> No but you still you still had the composure. You had headlining composure which is like even if it's even if it's not going well you sit in the pocket. You sit in the pocket and you just keep coming. Whereas at that time in my development I wouldn't have been able to do that. I just would have uh, bombed. Really? And yeah yeah yeah. So so you had like headlining composure where they were a tough crowd but you just like stayed in the pocket and kept coming at them. And that's what that's why I looked at it I was like wow this is it's oh. clear that you've been do you you've been doing was... this, and you've gone came up through the clubs. We you know
0: I mean? um, they, well, thank you, but but when the first time I saw you do stand up was on Last Comic Standing, right? And I was like, oh, shut the fuck up! Like this is this is premium joke writing. This right. isn't like just this isn't open mic shit. This isn't Last Comic Standing shit. Right. This is amazing joke writing. And then I remember texting Jay, and Big Jay was like, oh, oh yeah, he's fucking amazing. And then. And then the next, I mean, what I want to say the next leap, I see you here and there, uh, but the next big leap was, your
2: fucking album is so goddamn good. Thank you, good. man. Thank you. And I appreciate you pushing it. You did, Dude, dude, dude you it's really so. You really helped me a lot in, I mean, in terms of getting you, it some, because nobody was paying attention to it, and you, guys like you, Ari, um, Jay, Atel, like, pu- pushing it. Dude, so, what's the name of that album? The Worst have, Kind of Thoughtful.
0: The Worst Kind of Thoughtful. Yeah. I have it on my fucking phone, and I'm
2: telling you. Chad Zumak also dad really pushed yeah
0: and and we uh it was i listened to it I'm, i want to say big j texted me he's like have you listened to vecchio's album and i was like no and he's like get it you're gonna love it and so i got it i listened to it with the girls in the parking lot of gelson's and they're crying fucking laughing oh, that fucking mega bus bit and by the way so you know i I'd, I'd never seen or heard of a megabus. right so then one day i'm on tour and i'm jogging i, I wish i remember exactly where i was but I'm probably like maybe I want to say Texas somewhere in Texas maybe I don't know where Megabus is run, right. but I'm jogging around a bus station because it was like a quarter of a mile loop, right. and so and it was like all the buses met in the center and there was a sidewalk surrounding the bus station and you know an entrance to get them in, and I'm jogging and a Megabus pulls up yeah. and I'm like oh I gotta fucking see this for myself yeah I'm jogging right, right. and I stop jogging and I just run up and look inside everyone looked at me like oh fuck here's rpo like we're going down and i was like and I, and like just uh, uh, and i was like oh my god this does not let down but it, that's such a great album i'm I literally saying this to anyone listening right now if you're going on a long ride if you if you are going to go walk on the treadmill and you want to laugh like like there are albums to this day that i go best album ever skanks, Free Skank, yeah, skanks, skanks for your memories skanks memories is the greatest comedy album that i've ever listened to in my entire life right. redefine the way i i mean the way i attempted to do comedy yeah. i think i went back into a different direction yeah. but like that album beginning to end quotable you know what's beautiful about that album is that my wife and i quote that to each other lines of his i want it to sound like a boot stuck in yeah, mud only yeah, wetter yeah. did everyone get it that's gonna get it yeah. let's move
2: on just the, the tightest word economy that you could possibly have me too It had a profound effect on my life where were As you when you heard to, skanks i um Somebody recommended to me. That's back when there were CDs. Yeah, and I and I put it on. I'm like, this is the this is one of you know when you see great. Oh, when you see a great movie, you listen to a great song, and it doesn't even have to be in your wheelhouse. Like, uh, hit him up by the Tupac. Yeah, and I'm not a gangster rap guy. I'm not a really rap guy. You listen to that song. It's just the lyrics are so tightly um, written. You're like, this is unbelievable. This guy's a genius. Yeah. Like, I don't know what is going on in his personal life. He might've been like a bipolar, like, a bi- I don't know. But like, this is brilliant the way, and it's not even in my thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, so, but when I listen to it, I'm like, this is a different way of doing comedy. We're, we're, no, yeah. so, and I saw, I saw Dave live at the Laugh House. I came out of the Laugh House in Philly. Oh, so, so, so I was he, wondering, so where did you like get me from
0: a high, high school, Mike Vecchione yeah, yeah. to like today? Or even just to start a comedy. I was was reading
2: my yearbook and you know, you, you read the dumb things that in your yearbook and the, and the, your quotes, it's like, yeah, it's just, I had such a dumb, I was never like a dumb, dumb kid. I was always like a pretty sensitive kid and that's good and bad because you can, you know what I mean? It's good because you, you, you take more notice of things, but uh, the bad part is like you can get hurt. You know what I mean? If you're sensitive, you know what I mean? So, wait, so I didn't have that dumb dumb kind of like, nothing can hurt me, fuck you. Like, I just didn't have that vibe. I was like, I, I and I was a blue-collar guy. I was a blue-collar. I was an athlete, but I wasn't like a naturally gifted athlete. I think there's a difference. When, there's a, when you're a naturally gifted athlete, it's like things come easier to you and you don't have to examine stuff as much. I wasn't like that. I was like a a blue-collar, grind-until-you-get-it type guy. Really? Yeah. So, so wait, with you- wrestling, I went through a lot of like, um, People were like, oh, you, 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 from the outside, it's like, oh, you're a wrestler. You, you're this guy. It's like, I was getting pinned my sophomore year. I was wrestling uh varsity and, and I, in Florida made the move from, and I had a really good program in Ohio and we went to Florida and it was a little loose, more loosely run. And I did not flourish that well. And I was getting pinned. Like I was getting pinned in home matches. And, and it's it's something to get pinned by another uh kid, your own weight in, in a gym full of people. Like I I think people just kind of glaze over that now. It's it's humiliating. I mean, really? to me, I was very I was sensitive. You know what I mean? So it was yeah. like humiliating to me, and it's to the point where my sophomore year, I told my parents like stop coming to the matches for a while really? until I can figure out how to be better, because I would just get pinned and it it, it it was, I was humiliated. You know what I mean? So I had to figure out a way to deal. Should I quit? Like this doesn't feel good, and I don't know what to do. So I I but I stayed in it. And I came. I went to camp. I went to a wrestling camp, uh, and then I, I got better. And then my senior year, a guy came down who was uh, he was a college wrestler, and he dropped out. He had got a, a ride, and he dropped out. And his girlfriend, his girlfriend was a few years younger. She went to our school, and he just came out, and started working out with the team. And that guy, his name's Tom Lewis. He changed my life. Like he started working with me and got me to the state tournament and got me through because I had lost the year before in regionals, and he had got me through to the finals. What we did you wrestle? 160 I I was I was wrestling I was playing football and I I was a really bulky kid short but bulky I played football like 190 so I started the year wrestling at 189 pounds I cut to 171 I wrestled that most of the year and then I cut another 11 to 160 for the tournaments did you enjoy cutting weight I hated it I hate. That's why I can't do the intermittent fasting or any of that stuff now because it reminds me too much of cutting weight. Really? Yeah, I didn't like it. And, and I'm a bulky, like bulky guy. Like, there's just some guys. What do you weigh right now? Lean. I weigh like two ten. It's great. That's terrible. I'm 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 five eight. Dude, bad, man, two me. ten is bad Two ten. For me, you're tall though. You're like six. Yeah, do you do
0: sauna at all?
2: I like the steam room. Oh, I love saunas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love saunas. Yeah, sweat I'm fucking obsessed
0: with them. So wait, so so what was it? What was it that turned the corner in wrestling for you? Like, what this
2: one guy comes down, and then was it like he was? was it did he, you like discipline? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a dis. I, I'm like because I didn't have the unbelievable athleticism. I needed a good. I needed like a solid, like structured program. And that's so, just not the way it was run. Do you down realize Florida, how different you know?
0: we are? Because like I am someone. I have no discipline, and I love no discipline. I'm someone that always rested on just like very like I was a I was a gifted athlete but not like over the top but i could just play any sport yeah. and then start and be like I'm, i got it and then i would never work hard at anything as my my biggest flaw is i just i always believed in luck and just and like talent like i remember do you that's hear, unbelievable i do exact, like
2: that like naturally gifted thing and i knew that about you because uh at, at, when i first met you i'm like uh i don't know what it was but i was like do you know russian and you were like "Da." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he just naturally learned. he's like it didn't anything it didn't seem to be that much of a struggle for you when man. i was
0: in you ready for this this is a perfect insight into my brain when i was in maybe well, i must have been 10 years old so i was like probably third grade i went to we had, we went to church uh right down the street saint mary's and um my dad said we would get to the point where you know you take communion and then you pray and you thank god for all you know kind of connect with God you sit on your knees and I I said my prayers to God and I I, my dad said hey hey buddy what did you pray for and I said I just thank God for all this God-given talent and (laughs) (laughs) my dad was like what I said I mean I'm blessed with this like amazing talent it goes talent and what and I go name it Like I was by the way that and then like I there were so many times my dad's a, my dad if my dad was listening to this right now he would connect with you immediately. My dad to this day would always say I never had any talent but I worked really hard. I worked really really hard and that's how I got my dad had a full scholarship at Villanova for track. Right. And um and was of was of ran very successfully track. Uh, throughout college and high school, had a, had a scholarship in high school and in college, but he worked really hard. Yeah. And he always said, I, "I'm not that talented." My dad, it, right now, would tell right now, if I called him, he'd go, "I'm not that smart of a guy, but I, I just, I'm scared of failure, so I work hard." Yeah, and I was the kid who, what I mean, like I caught a fly ball in first grade, right. in second base, bases were loaded, I caught it, I spiked it, ripped my shirt off, and started dancing. <laughs> Whatever that part of my personality right. is, it's identical to yours right. in that in that you can't deny it. Yeah. But very few people, I think very few people look at it the way you do and go Oh, I'm just going to, I need discipline. I need, I need regiment. Regiment. Like yeah, that's yeah. fucking fascinating. Yeah, and it'll
2: me. come. I'll, I'll, I'll get it. Like, I don't, I, I think I'm a smart guy and I think I'm a, a capable guy, but it's like, and you know, to be honest, I like, that's the way I was, I came up with, and, and I like, I kind of, it works for me. I like being in that. I like having it's a, a discipline. It's a comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there's something you said to me also when we first met, cause I was asking you, cause you used to work at the Boston comedy club yeah. in New York before you moved out here. And you said that you just weren't reaching your potential, and your father kind of said to himself, uh, "You know, I wasn't—I wasn't hard enough on you. Oh, or like I—I didn't—I didn't do the things that I should have done." My dad said to, he failed to, me as a father. Yeah, his exact words: "I
0: failed you as a father."
2: Yeah, I remember that. I remember oh. you say that. That those are like that's like a deep, deep oh. thing, and yeah. it, like, I mean, I don't know what kind of a guy you are emotionally like that, but that's got to have like an, a, oh. a
0: massive effect. That left a dent for a long time. <laughs> That was like
2: that, well no I don't, I don't look at it like I'm, i was a failure it's like I, you know you you have talent but I didn't I, I gave things to you too easily yeah. in terms of like not making you fight for it a little bit.
0: Oh, 100%. My dad that that one speed... I've I've said this to my dad a million times. I've said this I've, I've probably said this on the podcast a bunch and I've said it to anyone that ever asked. That one moment of my dad giving me uh, it was my it was my 26th birthday. I was said I was wanting to do stand up. I had not done anything. I mean, I just, I'd done a couple open mics, but I basically just hang out at the clubs and get drunk off his credit card. I would use his credit card if I ran out of money and I would just buy drinks. I remember one time I met Tom Rhodes down at the bottom uh, at the, at the Mac- McDougal's, not McDougal's, uh, uh, whatever the name of the club, the bar underneath Boston comedy. Club Oh was. yeah. I remember that. I forget the name yeah. of it right now. But, um, I, 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 my, I said, Tom, tell me anything about standup. And he goes, if you buy me beers, I'll tell you. I put my dad's credit card down and I was like, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much how I, I worked at Barnes and Noble, but I wasn't achieving any dreams. My dad called me on my 26th birthday. I was hungover and I thought it was like early in the morning. We had no AC, but it was November. So it's not that bad. And I remember thinking he's just going to say happy birthday. I'll take this call, get it over with, pass out, go back to sleep. Right. And he was like, as I think his first words were, uh, either, either you're a fucking loser or I'm embarrassed of you. Like you're an embarrassment i failed you he goes i just perjured myself in court he was like the the judge said how's your son and i said great he goes. i lied in court for you <laughs> and i was like oh <laughs> i guess i'm not going back to sleep now but it was it was one of the best moments right that, it was the best parenting he's ever done for me right because i was i was a kid who really i just figured it would all work out six and a half years at florida state no direction whatsoever right like no Idea of what to do, and then Rolling Stone magazine discovers me, calls me the number one party animal in the country. Oliver Stone options rights to my life. I moved to New York, and I just figured that's how stand up would work. Is that right? Is that something would happen? Right, it'll it'll work itself out. Dad, yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I'll get discovered. And then he was like, "No, you have no humility. You have no work ethic." He goes, "I raised you wrong." He was like, "I didn't want you to struggle the way I struggled, and so I fucked you up. You have no humility." That was my number one thing. My number one takeaway was you have no humility, and I didn't. I i didn't not have humility i i would get embarrassed very easily yeah i'm extremely sensitive too, like you are i am so fucking sensitive and i hate it about myself i wish i could be like everyone else who just does not give a fuck
2: yeah yeah that really comes in handy a lot of times like you see people and they it's like they don't give a shit it's like i'm not that guy you know and you come to you have to come to first of all you have to acknowledge that that's what it is and then you have to come to peace with it and be like yeah it's it's okay but you have other abilities i feel like i have other abilities because of that
0: i I, I think i think well i think one of the things i do is i read into things very quickly like if someone says something to me i read into that immediately yeah like i'm for the
2: right or the wrong or in an objective way or the
0: it's like you know when a girl's cheating on you and you're like I'm pretty sure I'm getting cheated right yeah, now. Yeah. And you're like, my intuition tells me things are off. Yes. And I think I do that with life, with everything in life, because I'm so sensitive that I, that I, I sometimes will read into things that, uh, and then other times I, I will be oblivious to other people's feelings because I figure if I'm not, if it's not registering on my radar, right. then it, it's not real. And so I'll hurt people's feelings, not realizing I'm doing it. So I don't do roast battle because I say things and people go, Man, you're a nice guy. Why would the fuck would you say that? Yeah. And I was like, it's rose
2: battle. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is what it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they're like, but do you really think if I drive a Civic that I don't get pussy? And I'm like, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I'm, I'm trying to write a joke. I'm not good at this, man.
2: <laughs> I was. My father was. Uh, he came from a very uh, an abusive uh, background, and uh, they were in a. He was in a family business, and he was very much like uh, it was right in his face that he hated the way he was treated. So he worked very hard not to treat me that way. He worked very hard to, to like when I was uh, young to tell me that I, I was loved and that I had talent and that I was a winner. So he did those things. I mean, as flawed as, as flawed as uh, my upbringing was, and there were some flaws in it, especially after I got out of college. Um, we had, a, we had a, lot, a lot of back and forth, a lot of, a lot wow. of tough times. But uh, the, he laid that foundation when I was young. Like, you're a winner. I fucking love you. You're my son and you're going to be successful like he would lay that down he's like don't be afraid to work hard like work ethic all that stuff was like that's really he, funny my he, dad he, would he, say he was proud of me a lot yeah he, my dad always and what then, about like would he kiss you like, yeah, that's a yeah, big oh, thing yeah, like oh, a lot. Yeah, yeah. my father too he would like kiss me and Dude, i had like, to kiss I'd my dad you. every night when i got home from
0: any night any night i ever showed up in the house he was in bed yeah i'd go upstairs and give him a kiss i think mostly just what you could tell if i was drinking or not yeah but i but that to this i mean i I still kiss my dad on the cheek i still kiss my dad on the cheek and it's so funny because my daughters don't kiss me at all it's like fucking and now with the way that society has gone with with like whoa 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 like dude i my dad one time my dad is gonna hate that i'll say this (laughs) when i was in high school i was in the shower too long and my dad just got in the shower and because there was there was no boundaries with that he was like and I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" He's like, "You're taking too long. I ain't get to fuck work. Get the fuck out!" And I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> my god!" But <laughs> I remember I made my dad laugh so hard. This is—I'm super embarrassed saying this, but I don't mind. But as soon as he got in, I tucked my dick between my legs That's and hilarious. closed my legs and did that like Silence of the Lamb" mangina. and, he's, and he goes, "Where the fuck's your dick?" <laughs> my dad, my 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 daughter Isla saw my dad naked. <laughs> On fourth of July, probably like fucking ten years ago, maybe, like eight years ago. (laughs) And she she goes into my parents' room. We hear a screech. (laughs) And she walks out. She must have been six years old and she goes, "Uh, don't need to see fireworks tonight. (laughs) She goes, I just saw Papa's vagina. Oh mid roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. This podcast is brought to you by Quip, the makers of the Quip electric toothbrush. And they want you to know the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care is Quip. It is simple, this simple. If you have good habits, you're good. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day and flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, an anti-cavity toothpaste that, in my opinion, is the best toothpaste tasting toothpaste in the market. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a full and even clean. The Quip floss dispenser comes with pre-marked string so to help you know when you're using just enough. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months With free shipping. (laughs) So your routine is always right. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today. Starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash birdcast right now, you'll get your first refill for free. That is your first refill for free at getquip.com slash birdcast. Get Quip. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash birdcast. Quip. The good habits company. Everywhere is running out of toilet paper. <laughs> you know, you know who doesn't need toilet paper? Me. Me and people with Tushy. With tushy, you, you lose 80% less TP. Break up with your toilet paper. Treat your butt right with Tushy. Wiping your butt with dry toilet paper doesn't remove all the shit. And it sometimes it hurts. If you got a poop, if you got poop on any other part of your body, would you just wipe it off with dry paper? No. Who the hell would do that, an animal? Water cleans better than dry paper, my friends. Thankfully, there's a new sleep bidet attachment that clips onto your existing toilet and sprays your butt completely clean with fresh water. It is called Tushy, and it's the best thing you can do for your butt. Tushy sprays directly to your ass and removes the poop completely so you aren't sitting on bacteria that leads to nasty things like hemorrhoids, yeast infections, and UTIs. Itchy assholes, skid marks, they're a thing of the past. Bidets are common in the rest of the world. Bidets save you money on toilet paper. I mean, I, I use You still use a little bit just to pat dry. But literally, other than that, you're practically hands-free. You're not going to clog your toilets. And here's the best part. Tushy sprays your ass with fresh water. It's not toilet water. Tushy can always connects to the water supply behind your toilet to spray your dirty parts with fresh, clean water. Water, it's the same water you brush your teeth with. Now you're putting it on your butt. Wet wipes are worse than toilet paper. And they're terrible for the environment. They cause anal fissures. And you do not want your anus fissuring. It's only $79. Right now, go to hellotushy.com slash birdcast to get 10% off your order. That's hellotushy.com slash birdcast to get 10% off your order. Yeah, but my body dad was very like,
2: he was also very (laughs) blunt this
0: is the reason i got into stand-up he does a lawyer
2: yeah what's your dad do he worked in a family business we had a mushroom farm my grandfather had a mushroom he started as a a canning spaghetti sauce but got couldn't make it in that business so started because they ragu was just starting back then so started canning mushrooms and then built a growing operation next to it so it was growing and canning mushrooms in, in, in northeast ohio.
0: ohio yeah that's really fascinating yeah yeah
2: and they would get into, it was a family business and they would get into battles and in 1981 we picked up and moved to florida because they couldn't get it. my father was like i'm drinking like I, i'm not going to be there for, i'm going to end up dead like i'm not going to be there for my family because really? my father's driving me into the ground and so then your dad moved to florida and did what a series of businesses that uh failed uh, sales jobs uh, it was just it was tough for a while we didn't we didn't have money when we were down there growing really up, yeah Um, But I mean, but we middle class, yeah. like, you know what I mean? But, but, you know, scraping by, I I could feel the difference. But when we were in Ohio, we had a little bit more money, I could tell. And then we moved to Florida. We was like, but it, but my father like made a ball's move. He's like, this is the best thing for our family. I have to cut the relationship with my father in order to be a father for my kids. You know what I mean? Like, I can't keep this guy in my life. He's like, he's killing me with negativity and, and just, you know, He's just all over the place, you know. Bipolar. I think my grandfather suffered from like bipolar and wasn't diagnosed back then. And my my father had some of it also. You know what I mean? But he at least had the presence of mind to be like, "We got to get out of here. Like, I can't be a father to my kids. I want to be there. You know, I don't want to be working all the time. Yeah, have to deal with this nonsense. So we moved, and it was it was really the best thing for our family because he got to spend time with us and and really like I I grew up with a father. You know, the other way I don't think I would have grown up with a father. Really, and your brother's older, correct? Brother's older. I think I met your brother. Yeah. Didn't yes I? you did yeah he, he came. was in town and uh it was a um sdr skank fest something that, yeah. at a bar and uh and i introduced you to my brother i remember that now yeah yeah and yeah. so
0: um that's really interesting that your dad would have that kind of insight i feel like dads like my dad and your dad that weren't really like it was almost like the, my dad's motto in life was eat shit cash checks and so like the idea that you would put yourself first over anything is so like it's such a especially coming from a, a a dad like his own dad it yeah. seems like such a fucking ballsy move yeah
2: it was it was like uh this is our you know my father did have that thing though he he had a thing which i wish i had more of which is like um you know work hard and be a good like learn everything you can but but like when it's time to move on do what you have to do for yourself like don't stay in it like 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 when i started stand up i was teaching in philadelphia and my mother was like you got a good job everything and and my father was like nah I was like, I'm moving to New York. And he's like, good. He's like, move to L.A. Don't even move to New York. Really? Move to L.A. Move to L.A. And, and, and try to try it out there. Try to get on a like sitcom or like. And of course, my father was like, yeah, get on a set. Just mill around and see if you can get on something. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's good, dad. I'll just mill around. When the guard's not looking, you walk through the gate. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dad... No, but he was really like, he was like, yeah, have like there's. I didn't realize this when I was young. It's like, uh, you know stay focused stay disciplined but also have balls like have balls like when it when it comes time to like make a move don't do anything impulsive make sure you analyze it and, and take stock and do your homework but when it comes time to make a move make a fucking move have balls otherwise you're going to be caught in a situation where it's like people are using you for their dreams it's like don't don't you don't want to be in that i remember
0: saying to myself i've always loved a couple days after the breakup when you're like still hurting
2: but you're like so i can do anything today I, I had that i had a huge dose of that i went through a breakup and in, uh, in my 20s engaged we we're living together for real yeah she 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 just dropped off the, the face of the earth was not interested like it, it hit me in a lot of it hit me in a just like what you said it hit me in the at the wait, deepest tell me about, level tell me about possible the, wait so get me from get me from college you go to you go to went to penn state yeah wrestled for a while Stopped wrestling. I didn't. I just didn't come back. Back out my sophomore year. I evaluated it. I was going through. I was going through it, and I was like, "I'm not getting money, you know." If I was getting money, I, but I wasn't good enough to get money. I really wasn't good enough yeah. to get money. I was just in the room working hard, but the amount of work that you had to do to stay in that room was in, was incredible. And the guys who did it, I mean, had so they were my friends. It's unbelievable. But I came back my sophomore year, and I'm like, "This isn't worth it." I'm already in the school. It's not worth it for me to keep going with this. So I decided not to. I decided not to do it, and the coach was like, "You know, you worked very hard. You're, you're, very, you know, I wasn't a good wrestler, but I, my work ethic was real good, and that's saying something in that kind of a room. The kind, that kind of a room was we were uh, number three in the country that year, Division One. It was like a really very very tough room. Guys, so talented up. We had All Americans up and down the lineup, and uh, it was very very difficult. So I decided my sophomore year, it's like I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to. I'm, gonna. and I had so much more like energy and my 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 classes I, could, I i mean i got a part-time job like a, a lot of different things opened up met a girl we uh we start dating and then uh she goes to law school in philadelphia where she's from and so i move after i graduate i move and we move in together and i'm working with, where you uh, live in manny uh, and i'm living in uh uh in the art museum area okay yeah so i know uh, that area There's yeah down by the school? uh it's what by, by yeah by the yeah, school yeah, yeah. yes because right, that, yeah, that's when you drive to go to Preston yes. and Steve yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> so it, it's right there I mean the rent my whole family grew up in Philadelphia oh by yeah the way. my
0: whole family my mom's from Philadelphia over on the main line by uh by um
2: Valley Forge military no I got my uh, master's degree from Cabrini College oh for real yeah, yeah, yeah. shut up so it's right there yeah and, and I, I worked at a behavioral school right in that area yeah and my dad went to Villanova it's great
0: and so uh and so, and my, so all my family is all from there but uh but more importantly it's like i've been, I've been doing fucking helium forever it's yeah, great yeah
2: so you so you move down to philly hopefully someday i'll get in that club wait you're not doing fucking no I, wanna, I i i i've been trying to get in there so hopefully uh, are you serious yeah, yeah yeah i'd like to get in there because it's my uh, that's where the town went from the laugh house is not there anymore um and uh but uh just do oh that you know what the best fucking in.
0: room was was uh was uh the trocadero
2: oh yeah philly crowds are good man philly crowds are, philly fucking crowds are really amazing yeah, yeah. amazing so wait yeah. you moved to philly so i moved to philly with her and now i'm working with kids with behavioral problems a, a place called Glen mills and which is now closed but um i start working there four to twelve at night um making very low money and she's finishing law school we move out to the suburbs she finishes law school Yardley? i changed jobs Where? uh ridley park okay which is right by the airport <laughs> yeah yeah um and my friend actually is the wrestling coach at Ridley Park now. Tony oh, really? Fabry. Go Green Raiders! <laughs> and uh, so I start working, and uh, I'm working. I'm making like uh, not eight dollars and eighty cents an hour out of college with a college degree, working with uh, kids with behavioral problems who get thrown out of Philadelphia schools. So, um, but it's a it's a day shift, and she starts uh, a job at a blue chip. She's very smart. Blue chip law firm. We, uh, you know, so we're. we're in- I'm engaged. We're engaged, and in, in living together three years, and she just checks out, checks out of the relationship completely. Checks out. Just and um,
0: just checks out emotionally, or just checks, checks out emotionally.
2: One? Checks out emotionally. Um, just checks out emotionally. Like I could feel like you know, you have that thing where it's like yeah. you have this feeling like oh, something's not right here, and then it came, it it became completely obvious to me. It's like, oh, she no- she doesn't, she doesn't want to be around me anymore you know something changed and uh i was like oh wow so uh we i was it was a very i was started teaching it in philadelphia it's a philadelphia school district in the northeast in northeast philly and um and then she was working the job and it went it went south very quickly in like a, a period of months the whole relationship just was like pretty much over you know what i mean and then um so uh, it just hit me in a lot of different places it hit me i mean it was the uh, one of the hardest things i ever went through really like, yeah yeah it hit me really, really hard. Cause I found out like uh she was being unfaithful to me. And I asked Ooh. her several times. I'm like, is this about another guy? Whatever. And uh she was like, No, 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 no. And uh and I was like, Okay, I'll hang in, you know. I, I just don't but but I could I could feel I could feel that, you know, she just don't want to be around me anymore. So um it finally came to a head when the lease was up and it was like okay (laughs) what are we what are are we doing like what i was like in confused and i had gotten a dui like i had gotten a dui so we used to go out and drink together and then i had gotten a dui so it's like when we when we would go out like this probably this affected it a lot because we used to drink and have fun together When, when we would go out now one of us would not have to drink somebody would have to drive yeah so like that like really put a damper on things and that was my fault yeah you know what i mean so I, I maybe i I don't know from her perspective, she's like, I'm not having much, this much fun with this guy. It's like you know, you question things after while. Like, did she ever really love me or or maybe she did and like maybe maybe there was things I was doing that was like, oh, this is not the right guy. you know, you don't know what's going on in somebody yeah. else's head When they break up with you, it's like they give you the the press conference reasons why they're breaking up with you you know the real reasons like the real reasons could be something like oh, you're too fat your dick's not big and it could be something you can, hurtful stuff that could never be changed and it's like oh, i thought i could get past it but i can't but um what whatever whatever the way, there's, the there's reason. someone
0: listening right now they're going oh i've got the, the non-press conference one <laughs> yeah, and they're the non- going yeah
2: that really hurts <laughs> i mean very rarely does somebody do the non-press conference one because it's already you're already crushing them they're by already up they're upon.
0: already i mean i've i've been i've been
2: broken up i've I, i've i've it man it sucks it it really because it hit me in a place where it's like like my father always wanted me to be a lawyer she was a lawyer she was making great money uh she's very pretty very smart and and it and do you follow she her was, on instagram nah, no no i don't do any of that i don't do any of that because I have, it's like, i have an ex-girlfriend
0: i, I, I follow on instagram uh, and uh, this was so
2: many years ago too you gotta you gotta oh, mine was, a, was probably 20s. the exact same
0: amount of years yeah and so probably not not exact but uh yeah i, I follow an ex-girlfriend on instagram and uh And it's interesting to see, like, it's interesting to know that had we stayed together, that would have never happened, by the way. I mean, just really never would have happened. Just because, like, we were just, I wouldn't be where I am today had I stayed with her. And she would not be where she is today. Like, it just would have, was not meant to be. Yeah, there's reasons why things
2: happen the way they happen. I really believe that. But
0: I do look at her Instagram every now and then and go, oh, so had we in a perfect world stayed together, that's what I'd be doing today. Like I just think that sometimes right. I go, "That's so crazy," Right. and I go, and I have hung out with her since. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. She came to one of my shows. She's she's really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. The the people. She's, by the way, she, this girl is probably the reason I'm a comedian. No, no yeah. joke. I mean, like I was. I'll tell you something. But, but so when I, when the Rolling Stone article came out, I'd i I had gotten less than. Uh, I I told you what someone had said to me. I told a friend. One time that I wanted to be a comedian, and they said, it's a horrible idea. Don't tell right. it to anyone. Right. You should be embarrassed to think that. You're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I told you who said it, yeah. Do that. <laughs> yeah. So, it was the morning of the Miami game. Miami, Miami, Florida State. <laughs> and I told that person, <laughs> you're not smart. <laughs> don't, don't ever fucking think you can do this. <laughs> so, but <laughs> and by the way, that person was, <laughs> I mean, the this, this spy really got out of control that person was pretty smart right the, yeah. the next girlfriend i'm not saying she wasn't smart but she didn't look at the world in like like i i mean this as a compliment but you gotta have a level of kind of um of non-intelligence to look at my life and go i could do that <laughs> <You know? laughs> and this girl had that like lack of insight in life. Like right. lack of like awareness of 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 sta- of limits that you should be aware of. Right, right. She was so cool. And then she was like, I mean, this is like the total difference in girlfriends. She was like, I was like, she's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, okay. I've told this to someone before and it didn't go well. I think I'm gonna share it with her. I go. <laughs> I roll over in bed and I go, I think I want to be a comedian. And she just sits up. She goes, You could totally do that. <laughs> and
2: I was like, That's great. For
0: real? She was like, Oh my God. Yeah. That's, she goes, You're funnier than any of those guys out there. And I was like, I was like, You needed that. Like, yes. like, like if I had said, I think I want to build rockets and go to Mars, she would have been like, I don't know how to do that, but I bet if you get a couple magazines, you could figure it out. I love that. Like, and so that girl was like, super responsible for giving me the confidence and, yeah. and and we it didn't work out obviously it didn't work out while i was trying to be right. a comedian and at one point i think she was like you know i don't think it's gonna work out for you but whatever but i was because i was a fuck off but that you need that every now and then that's just like like my buddy hutch is like that like i told him i wanted to be a comedian and he was like oh you should you could totally do that yeah and you're fucking hilarious yeah and you need those friends and you also need the ones that are like I don't know if you need the ones to go you don't have any talent i wouldn't i wouldn't i'd hide from everyone but but yeah like it, it, so it's my well I, you
2: let the audience tell you too like the first couple of years like i try like i was struggling to be a joke writer and it's like you you is it, it, the, the first couple of years i was like oh, i'm gonna i'm not gonna be able to do this for a living but oh. I, I like, I have my master's in education. Maybe just public speaking is good. I got nothing else going on. I don't care about fail, failure. I'm by myself. I'm alone. No one cares. So I'll just keep going up. Like feeling. who gives a shit? Like I'll just keep going up. I'll keep failing. I'll learn from it and I'll figure it out. I'm never going to be able to really do this though. I, I didn't think, you know, but um, like after year three, three and a half years, I started to get consistently funny. It's like, ah, you know, maybe this is doable. Like this is, I didn't see this coming. I just thought it would be like, uh, it would help me with public speaking in some capacity so when did you hit the turn when did you hit the turn of so we like- go through this breakup and this breakup is a massive and, and looking back on it it's like you know at the time you're thinking to yourself oh my god this is earth shattering dude i am i just got fucking gut punched but now when i look back on it it's like everybody's got this story yeah. everybody's got it you know if you walk down the street you ask somebody what was the most heartbreaking relationship and they'll tell you the exact same story so it's like nothing personal against her it's like it just happened it's just life you know what i mean well could she have handled it better yeah and i probably could have handled it better too you know i probably could have got therapy and, and i did not i just like was grit my teeth and like no i'm gonna fucking deal with this but moving in with her like it, it like it's really funny how life works because moving in with her if i would have went back to florida after college no girl just went back to florida My father, what happened with my father, his father died and my father was a really great father because his father was right in his face with what he didn't, what he didn't want. But his father died and after his father died, he almost like quickly forgot how much, because they made peace, they made peace before he died. He quickly forgot how much he hated his childhood and he kind of became that. So if I would have went back to Florida, um, my father would have destroyed me. He would have destroyed me. And, how did that and, happen? And and he he wouldn't have meant to. He's like his mental conditioning. He just would have he would have destroyed me, and I would have let him out of a sense of because I had extreme loyalty to my father. So I just would have been like, I have to be a good son and eat shit. And uh, I would he was locked into a certain mentality at that point, and so was I. So if it wasn't for her, she saved she actually saved me.
0: It's amazing how you can look at like you can look
2: at tragedies in your life, yeah, and go, thank God that happened. Yeah, and and at at the time, it's like there's no way I can see any good in this. But you can't see it from your your perspective; is too close. You can't see it. But looking back on it, it's like I'm doing what I want to do, and I'm the man that I am because of her. Like she saved me. If I wouldn't had if I wouldn't have gone to Philadelphia and been able to develop on my own with my own mind and 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 you know going through the things that you naturally go through. If I would have just went home and tried to like be there for my father, he would have just destroyed me he would have destroyed me and it wouldn't he wouldn't have meant he loved me he wouldn't have meant to do it my dad had a period
0: where um he was eating diet pills a lot uh i i would argue and i think a a doctor would probably argue as well that it was he was just taking a lot of speed yeah but you can't tell that to my dad because he was like no buddy they're prescribed by a doctor and we went through a horrifically rough patch where because he was on these pills he was predicting your your thoughts so he would jump in front of your sentence and so he's really difficult to talk to for a period he and, he and he was in great shape and because he was in great shape my dad's always had issues with weight because he was in great shape he had all the life advice that you needed and it was like it was in a time in my life where i wasn't succeeding i wasn't doing anything i was kind of failing And we had some of our worst fights i've ever can imagine like i i remember one i i think of the exact words he said and I just was like, it was it was crazy, and it wasn't necessarily my dad. Yeah. I believe it was right. these pills, right? Um, but it was like, and 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 it was it was crazy because I kind of had to distance myself from a little bit and be like, I can't I can't be around him with my family, yeah. like my like, you know, there was a lot of things that went on, and I and there is this kind of like push off you have to do as a son sometimes, and maybe sometimes people can't do it. But you have to like kind of go like I'm my own man. Like I'm gonna like right. I, I bought a pair of shoes the other day that were. Uh, this is gonna sound so fucking hoity toity. I bought a pair of shoes that were seven hundred dollars. Right now they're sneakers, but they're these limited sneakers, and I really like the look of them. And I'm looking for a shoe to wear on stage because I don't wear my, very many clothes on stage. Right. so I need something that kind of looks like I dressed up. Yeah, so I got these like off white Nike really nice shoes, but they got delivered to my dad's office for some ever whatever reason. the shipping address was sent to my dad's office and he got them and he was like he was like hey uh i got a pair of shoes for you i said yeah and he goes maybe i'll wear them out and i said oh hey don't i go they're really expensive i'm i'm not gonna wear them anywhere but on stage so they look very nice and he goes how expensive is expensive like like over 100 bucks and i was like yeah they're over 100 bucks and he was like wait hold on how much are they i said dad don't just don't go through them just send them to me yeah and so then fucking 10 minutes later i get a call fucking 700 who the fuck spent like really getting into my shit not mad at me but yeah. just like and i go hey i i make money like i can spend money on like i don't buy a lot of clothes right because i don't wear a lot of clothes so like if i'm gonna buy shoes for stage like and then i'm like why the fuck are we talking about this i'm a yeah. grown-up i have two children yeah. like one's gonna be in college in a couple like right. why are we talking about yeah. this yeah and he was like oh, I, i'm sorry i didn't mean to get in your shit but it's like But I think that was my relationship with my dad is that very, like, to this day, if I'm going to have a steak, I always call him and go, hey, a steakhouse, what do you think about wet age versus dry age? He goes, all right, let me tell you something. Right. Like, that's the way our relationship goes. I'm going to be
2: devastated when he dies. Yeah, it's tough. My father passed in 2015. Did he really? It's hard hard to take, but I'll tell you what makes it easier. Nothing left left unsaid. If there's nothing left unsaid, you know, there wasn't between me and him. He was like, you know, I love you. There's nothing... uh, you know there's nothing i haven't said how did you do and uh and i was like i was like that's it I, I watched him the last couple uh days i i got there my sister my sister god bless her she made because my mom was like no you go do your weekend i'm sure he'll be fine my sister got on the phone and goes not nah, come home now what come mean, home how now. did he pass he had a respiratory illness really yeah respiratory illness so so it was uh he was in hospice on the breathing machine and my mother and my sister to their credit just left me alone in the room was he a smoker yeah he smoked cigarettes for a while but then quit from like his 40s until you know from his at age 40 he quit but then he started smoking cigars into his 60s and he would he was like he'd smoke a lot of cigars he was he was an obsessive guy eating whatever he would just get get on a kick buying pets like he would just like <laughs> he was an obsessive. i'm serious like my mother went on a trip came home they had no pets buying they had pets. like two dogs and a bird like he just like is a, he was an obsessive guy buying but like a salesman charismatic like yeah. you had to love the guy you would just yeah. fucking love him my, my mother was the opposite my mother was like the anchor she was like my mom was slow and steady you know she was just like she was methodic my father was like you know he had that bipolar like kind of like gene in them so it was I'm like but he would buy me yeah we had a we had a cockatoo like one of those colored birds that just latch onto one person anybody else would fight fu- we had marble in the house and the bird that the the acoustics of the bird yelling oh would just fuck. reverberate i'm like what the fuck are we doing here you know sebastian
0: had one of those too <laughs> really <laughs> i don't know why i just they're, find that they're I find attracted to
1: italians i guess
2: i, I wonder if it's an <laughs> italian thing is that a bird No, my father was like that. But it's like, he was so charismatic. People loved him. People loved him. And, uh, but I, I, my mother and sister left me alone in the room with him uh, at hospice, uh, you know, for basically the last part of his life, the last few hours. And I I got to sit with him. I got to sit with him. I got to pray with him. I got to, I got to touch his hair. He had beautiful hair until he died and um, kiss him, you know, so it was you got to appreciate those times you know
0: yeah yeah i'm sorry
2: that's yeah sorry right. i'm
0: sorry man no 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 dude you know this is the thing is that i haven't
2: yeah i haven't, I haven't talked about it in a while
0: no please uh <clears throat> dude i i i i was talking to burr the other day i'm gonna get emotional burr's not drinking right now and i go uh i said will you ever drink again and he goes nah I said really he goes I don't need it and I said what about when your dad dies he goes oh fuck you got me he goes, yeah yeah I don't know he goes I don't know I'll, I don't know I'll call you when it happens <laughs> yeah you, I it, thought
2: I thought I would get hammered but it happened in such a way where I I got that last little time with him and then at the funeral I was good really yeah I was good at the funeral I was like you know I think Jordan Peterson has a thing where it's like you want to be the strongest guy at your father's funeral He's got some really good, meaningful stuff. And, uh, you know, I listened to Mont Rogan. He's, and, uh, but I, I found that to be like, I made my peace. I spent the, my time. Now, this is for everybody else. This is for everybody else coming coming to pay respects.
0: So funny. My dad at my grandmother's funeral I was crying. And my dad came up to me. He was like, Hey, fucking pull it together. I was like, What? And he goes, Be a fucking man. You got yeah. your kids with you. Yeah. You're the fucking father. Yeah. We're fucking falling apart. Like, pull yeah. it together. I go, I'm sad. He's like, what are you sad about? And I go, I don't know. She's like, she was such a happy person. She just doesn't look happy. Like, she looks sad. And he goes, are you a fucking idiot? I go, no, why? And he goes, you want her smiling in that box? And I was like, what? He's like, you want her to put a smile in the coffin? You know how fucking creepy that is? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. It's like, got up and I was like, I guess that's stupid. I didn't cry. I didn't cry at all. And then uh, I just stopped. And I was like, I don't know if this is healthy or not.
2: But then, right, right, there's somebody telling you, yeah. Yeah,
0: and then and then everyone left, and my dad and my uncle, everyone left, it was just me my dad my uncle. My dad and my uncle go, hey, come on. I said, well, where are you going? They go, up to the coffin. I said, why? And they're like, it's, it's time to cry. Everyone's gone. And I was like, I, in my head, I was like, I'm, I'm done. I think I'm done. And then I sat with the two men I respect the most, and I watched them sob crying, and I was like, this is fucked up like they just were like oh yeah yeah, and i was like what the fuck i yeah. was so freaked out by it i was like and you watched all all the traumatic events in their lives that they where they swallowed it as men right like where they said don't cry don't cry yeah. don't cry you watched all of them come pouring out right. like someone tore down a dam yeah and i was like oh fuck. you gotta have that i yeah. think you gotta have
2: that yeah, yeah yeah you gotta let it out did your brother but- did you like but, but, but the thing was, and uh, like, no one else made it before he died. The rest of the family was flying in and he passed in the night. And when he passed in the night, I was, I was um sleeping next to my mother. We got the call like at, at like three in the morning and my mother started crying. And I was like, I'm happy. I'm happy he's gone. I, I spent that time with him. Like he was, uh, he did a thing in high, where he was dehydrated. So you would wet a washcloth and let him drink from the washcloth. Uh-huh. And it's like yeah i'm glad he's i'm glad he's gone that's not i'm glad he's gone like i'm glad he's like and i'm glad he's he, he shouldn't be like that for an extended period of time you know so um but but as everybody else was flying in that's when he passed but i i came in because of my sister i came in a day early and i got that time with him I got god how fucking yeah, lucky it, are you yeah i was I'm super lucky super lucky i think about i think about the phone call i'll get when my dad dies
0: who's gonna call me like i think about that a lot
2: yeah but I mean, it sounds like you have a a, a good relationship with them, but it's yeah. like it's like one of those things where it's like, um, you know, there's some, there's some guys who like, yeah, I don't tell my dad I love you. We don't believe in that shit. Or it's like I don't kiss my father. Or it's like if there's anything left unsaid, it it it's too short, man. It's too short of a time not to kiss your father, not to tell your father you love him, and not to say the things that even if you have to hash it out a little bit. Like there was a time, like oh, we you know we had a tumultuous relationship, uh, from from college. And basically, until he passed, we would just go back and forth and fighting because I would come home and he would do that thing where it was like he was happy to see me at first, and then it would wear off the next day a little bit, and you know everything was still fine. But then we we, we it would the tension would build and we'd get into a huge fight, and then we would fight, and then right before I would leave, we'd make up, and wow. then I would go, and it, oh. that that would repeat itself. Fuck. So finally, when I was about it took me till I was about forty, um, I I stopped. I would I would fight him I, the reason we had a contentious relationship is cuz he would start trying to take a piece of me and I would I would be like yeah I'm not I'm not letting anybody I'm not letting anybody take a piece of me I'd yeah. fight back and that would fucking piss him off cuz Italians have this thing about you don't you, I'm your father you don't disrespect me you yeah. don't ever disrespect me and it's like you, I'm not a punching bag dude you don't just come at me any kind of fucking way I'm not just going to take everything that you're going to throw at me for no reason and he couldn't understand that he's like that's what my father did to me and that's the way it is it's not the way that is you fucking hated it when it was done to you have some and he 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 couldn't he he couldn't see that part of himself and uh i wonder if that was a way that he
0: mourned the loss of his i think it was
2: i think it was because he really came at me hard I'm like i can't believe you're the guy who's doing this now you fucking hated it so much when it was done to you and he couldn't see it and we had a big blowout when i was 40 he 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 was just like drinking and he, he took a piece of me. He was trying to take a piece of me and I was like I'm not fucking taking it. And we we stopped talking for like a year. And and my mother was like my mother's soldier. She was like on my father's side like f- till the end and she was like my father took my mother took his side and was like you're you you're very disrespectful to your father. I'm like I'm not talking to either of you. I'm not talking to either of you. And and it was just radio silence for like a year and my family were like couldn't believe it. I'm like i'm not fucking taking that i'm not taking that from you i'm not a punching bag yeah you know and and that's not the way you raised me anyway ironically ironically you didn't raise that yeah so uh, i'm not taking it and uh i was disappointed in him because he never apologized for it he we got together at a bar one night in youngstown in ohio where we're from and he's like i'm not gonna apologize what were you guys doing back in youngstown i can't remember what it was for did they did they stayed in florida right yeah yeah they were in florida but we got together in Youngstown and uh, we were having a drink. And he's like, you know, we can start talking again if you want, Mike. And uh, I can guarantee that that's not, gonna, you know, the kind of fights that we have not going to happen again. But um, I'm your father. And he, he repeated the respect thing. And I was like, all right, I guess, I guess this is what I'm going to get. I don't want to mm-hmm. not talk to you for the rest of my life. But I was just, in my heart, I was disappointed that he couldn't see that about himself and apologize to me, you know, because he was wrong. He was yeah. wrong to what, what he did, and uh, but he was like, "I'm, I, I, we can go back to just talking again if you if you would if if you would agree to that." And I'm like, "Okay, you know, if that's what I'm gonna get, that's what I'm gonna get. I'm, I, I'm fine with that." And he goes, "But let me let me tell you something," he's like, "And this this really hit home for me." He said, "If you would have had my life, if you would have had my life, you would be dead in jail or in a gutter, in a gutter right now," and and I know what kind of background he came from, so I was like. You're probably right with my sensitivity, yeah. you know, being, you know, beaten by your watching your mother get beat, like, you know, growing up that way, like I would have been massively fucked up. It's kind of so like, I, it's I had like compassion. Way, yeah. It wasn't an apology, but he made it. He, he told me that and I immediately had compassion for him.
0: He basically said, listen, you don't have it as bad as I had, right. had it. Right. And I'm not giving it as bad as I got
2: it. Right. So please understand that this is the best I can do. That's what it is. That's ex- you just said it. It's like he was he wasn't apologizing. But he was like, he's like, he's like, it's not. It doesn't seem like it's enough for you. But I'm playing outside of my fucking head right now. Yeah. As far as like a, at a high <laughs> a, level,
0: I understand
2: that this isn't enough for you. Yeah.
0: But you have no idea right. how fucking vulnerable this hurts yeah he's That's like I should be
2: and my mother to her credit like he was suffering for two years with his respiratory illness and my mother kept him alive the doctor even said to my mother who's a family doctor that we've known forever he's like you kept him alive you kept him alive for two years my mother had his medication regimented would have him count out the pills like it, it was unbelievable what was the respiratory disease was it COPD he smoked so many cigars that he ripped the lining we ripped the lining of his esophagus out in in, in, in his oh, lungs shit yeah so the lining was 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 uh ripped up how are you with cigars. how are
0: you with like
2: cigars cigarettes marijuana booze i'm not i i used to binge drink you yeah. know i used to like i used to love to go out i did tony and tina's wedding in south philadelphia for a couple of years i'm not bragging <laughs> but um <laughs> i did it and uh i used to love to go out with with the cast and just get hammered yeah. Like, I would love to just go get hammered and uh and 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 with girls too like I that was a big thing with like hanging out with girls where we just go get banged up and and drunk and I like so much fun into my thirties like when I moved to New York, especially I'm like, you don't have to drive subways everywhere cabs I was just get I would get hammered, but i would I wouldn't do it like three nights in a row right i I, I couldn't do that I know guys who were like that I just couldn't do that. so I would binge for a weekend and then go back to my life and 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 keep it clean for a week. And but then the weekend would come, and I would do it again so alcohol was the biggest thing cigar once in a while but i i don't have that um did you smoke cigars with your dad yeah
0: i did i still yeah, yeah, smoke cigars with my dad like yeah. they're uh it's like, our... like
2: hanging out with the guy that killed him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cigars it's like, <laughs> it's like hey let's out hang out with the guy who, guy who murdered your him. father
0: <laughs> midroll reads Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. Question. Which of my online searches does the government have the right to know about it? Is it A, quicksand porn? Is it B, tentacle porn? Is it D, stop-motion porn?
1: What happened to C? You said A, B, D.
0: (laughs) The answer is none of them, Leanne. If you have ExpressVPN, you don't have to worry about any of that. Without ExpressVPN's protection, hackers, governments, ad companies, ISPs, I'll have full access to your data. I don't want them to use my web history or my video searches against me. That's why I use Express VPN every time I go online. ExpressVPN encrypts and reroutes your web traffic to any number of countries, keeping you safer and secure. Simply download the ExpressVPN app, click connect, and boom, you're protected. With ExpressVPN, you can also make it seem like you're browsing from a different country. So you can watch anything in the Netflix library in the world. That you want. How cool is that? ExpressVPN is the fastest VPN I have tried, and it costs less than seven dollars per month. and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It is time to stop governments and internet companies from keeping tabs on your data. Take back your online privacy like I did with ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months for free at expressvpn.com/slash-Bert. That is expressvpn, dot com slash BERT for three months free with a one year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash BERT to learn more. Let's talk about finding freelance talent for your business or project. There's no better time right now than to hire someone in the freelance field. Everyone's at home and then they can all do the work you need. But finding the right freelancer can be time-consuming, frustrating, and expensive. Where do you go to find that talent? How much is it going to cost? How can you be certain they're going to deliver? Thanks to Fiverr, finding the right freelancer doesn't have to be a struggle. I know for a fact my biggest problem right now is finding uh, editors, finding people who can do uh, uh, do pictures, do uh, what was the thing we're looking for, posters the other day, Leanne? I
1: don't know.
0: Uh, graphic artists. Yeah, yeah. Fiverr's Marketplace helps you get done more with less. Fiverr connects businesses with freelancers who offer hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, and film editing, and more. Find what you're looking for instantly. Search by service, deadline, price, reviews, and more. You know exactly what you're paying for upfront. No negotiations needed. And they've got 24-7 customer service. Quality talent that you can count on the seller's have worked with some of the most influential brands in the world and finding talent for your project right now has never been easier. You can go through reviewers, sellers, ratings, buyer feedback, and select the right freelancer based on your budget. Take five and check out Fiverr. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com and you'll receive 10% off your first order by using my code BurtCast. It's so easy. Don't waste any more time and get the service you deserve by going to Fiverr. That's F-I-V-E-R-R dot com code BirdCast Fiverr. It starts here. (laughs) By the way, (laughs) there's the, I'm never going to laugh. I'm never going to laugh as hard as you going, um, (laughs) you saying, uh, And my dad was, you know, with food, with cigars. He'd buy lots of pets. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking the
2: funniest line. He would buy, but he would. He was like, and he would overeat, like everything. You know, it's like, uh, you know, he didn't have a drug problem because, like, in the when he came up, like it wasn't a thing. You know, to be, I mean, I, I mean, I guess it could have been a thing, but he was like. It, it's just other things like you can abuse the shit out. Of, I mean, people do it all the time. You can abuse food. And he did that. You know, he had to get one of the gastric bypass surgeries and did, did and your brother, heart how was your, your brother's relationship with your dad? It's good. But my brother was like, um, a non-confrontational guy. Oh really? So yeah, yeah. My brother, he, he had his struggles too, but I, and, and I don't want to get inside of his head or speak for him, but he was more of a, not, my brother would just kind of like not respond to it. Love but, to be that. but, uh, my father did this weird thing where it's like with me anyway if he didn't respond to it he would just go in harder and and and, and i i had too much like and i'm a non i was a non-confrontational guy i don't also. like
0: confrontation at all yeah
2: i was a non-confrontational guy i didn't want to do it but he would he would back you into a corner where where i felt like i had no choice yeah. so i would come at him and then it would blow completely up but at least if it would blow up then it would be like okay we wouldn't talk Then it's just quiet it would just stop him from like trying to take a piece of me and then his family would like my mother and his sisters would be like he loves you it's just that he this is the way he shows he loves you i'm like at that point i'm like i don't give a fuck what it is to the yeah. point where i went home one time for like a spring break or something and uh we got into a huge fight and um my sister was like stop coming home i don't know what you're doing stop coming home i told my i told my father i'm like i can't stay here anymore i'll get a hotel yeah. I get a hotel and he's like, come on, Mike, don't do this. We, we got to go through this. I'm like, we don't have to go through any of this. This is all in your fucking head. What are you doing? You're going to kill me. You're, you're tra- you, you. I don't understand why we can't have a loving, normal relationship. Yeah. Why it's got to be like this confrontational thing. I, I could never understand that. But it's his, like now that I have perspective, it's like it was his mental conditioning. It's how he thought that you should express love. Yeah. Now that's not an excuse for like somebody to take it.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? do you want do you want like do you wonder if in relationships with women if you seek out that kind of love like if you like yeah
2: i've often wondered that
0: because i have i have found people like my father and by the way my father and my relationship now is 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 really good but it it was there were periods of times where my sister said to me uh i remember one of them saying going hey do you think dad likes you like (laughs) and i was like I was like I don't know sometimes they go you seem to really aggravate him like you get really (laughs) under his skin by the way and and I would say with my dad any of the problems I had with my dad it was less about his conditioning and more about him watching a man that he helped create that was very different integrally from the way he was right like everything's a joke everything's fucking yuck yuck not very serious doesn't take anything serious and 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 my dad's one big thing was he was always he always foresaw tragedy around the corner with everything. Still to this day, very much so. And I didn't. And I and now sadly I I've inherited that, which really sucks. But and that was where our hiccups were laying a lot, was like, you know, and I think it was a lot at the times when he was taking those weight loss pills, was the majority of our problems was then. But um but I found that I I found people in my life where I'd find people like my, one of my first managers you know it was the, the relationship was less manager client it was more like me and my dad all over again right and I was like I was like look, yeah. looking for his approval right, and right, right me getting rid of him was the first step of me growing up and going like cause my dad loved him my dad loved him my dad thought he was great my uncle flew out my uncle and my dad both flew out to New York to meet him and and kind of and the the only takeaway they had was he wore a hockey jersey to dinner like what kind of man wears a hockey jersey to dinner he didn't have a suit and I was like I don't know it's Hollywood and, but but me leaving that manager my dad was like I don't know buddy and I was like no this is what I and that was like me making my own decisions right but yeah I, I don't I I found that I would reach out for I would find people that was basically my dad yeah
2: yeah you try to recreate that yeah that happens. That does happen, and that's like a and then and it's then like I get, a blind spot where it's like I go to therapy and it's like are you in therapy, yeah, yeah. I gotta go, and it's a blind spot where it's like somebody on the outside in an objective way can help you see that, and you're like, oh yeah, I am unconsciously doing that. And then unconsciously I would get, doing that. and
0: then I would get into arguments. Like I'd say to my wife, I'd, I'd I'd bring up something about an issue that my my dad and I were having, and my wife would jump on my side immediately. And tell me what was wrong with my dad. And then I would flip it and start defending my dad. That's great. She would do that, by the way, she did that with my first manager. I'd be like, God damn it, he doesn't call me. She's like, Yeah, he doesn't respect your stand up. And I'm like, Hold on. I was like, You don't fucking know the guy. She's like, Well, I'm just saying, like, he doesn't think you're a funny comic. I promise you. He didn't put you all on the fucking whatchamacallit, showcase he did. And I was like, What? She's like, Yeah, it seems like he just really focuses on this one guy. And kind of like anything good you do, he kind of shovels his way. I'm like, Hold the fucking fuck and and like whose fucking team are you on? She's like I'm on your team. You started this. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. What comics did you like when you started? Like when you started. I uh, tell was uh um,
2: everybody's favorite. And um yeah, he's fantastic. Um when I started, um Were you doing just was um, it when the was the Laugh House, the Black Club? Yeah. And so you were- so so I, that worked to my advantage in a way in terms of like um helping me uh, stand in it a little bit learn to stand in it cuz if black crowds don't like you they really let you know they don't <laughs> like you so um but it it um, when's wokeness going to catch that where they go <laughs> where they go hold on black audiences huh? are
0: just like any other audience and then we get to go another <laughs> no, 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 not not even that.
2: remotely but if they like you like you if you, they you like you kill, they love you they love you and if they don't if you're not resonating with them they really let you know so it's like uh, i didn't like the whole I, I just I tried to base myself on joke writing, kind of a a thing where it's uh because I had stage fright, so I'm like oh I don't want to make myself that vulnerable because you're opening yourself up to rejection. So let me put my put all my mental effort into writing bulletproof jokes that are guaranteed to succeed. So it was a, it was a kind of a. It's a weird thing because I enjoy joke good jokes, but I also, it was a stage for, it was a mechanism for avoiding stage fright. And I, I, I still battle with that now, like where it's like, you know, a crowd is sitting there and, and I, I just went through it. Like I'll be on the road sometimes. And it's like, it's like um, you hit them with a the joke, you go up, you introduce yourself. And I'm, I'm more engaging cause I have more, more of a skill set now, but it's like, they're going to joke, they're going joke to joke with you instead of just like buying in. So at some point, I'll just, be, can you guys, can you guys, I'm gonna, I'm here for you. Like, I wanna, like, I want us all to have a good time. What are we doing, dude? Like, you're looking at me, like, the guys are looking at me like, you're not better than me. And the girls are, uh, you know, getting like a little offended by some of the premises even. It's like, or like, who are you looking at me like, who are you? Like, and it's like, come on, can you just like the whole goal is to have a good time here. So give me the benefit of the doubt a little yeah. bit and, and not like I, cause you have a feeling up there. I have a feeling like you're trying to put me on the spot up here. And and it's like, not that I can't stay in that and work it, but it it, it shouldn't be this difficult. Like it shouldn't be this difficult. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, everything's yeah. in place. Like, let's just have a good time together, but you're not, you're not giving me good time energy. You're giving me Ted talk energy. Yeah, you're giving well, me like, yeah. um, all right, that was a good one. What's the next one? It's like, you know, come it's, on. Dude. It's Let, interesting let's...
0: because my, 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 uh, that energy, everyone gets it when yeah. you're, when, when you're doing clubs, so bringing going into a club and, and you're selling tickets off of radio or, or, or press that you do. And no one's there. Like you have a small group of fans, but then you get a bunch of people that don't know who
2: you are right. and they got their arms folded. Right. And uh, my, well, those, can I say those are the people who are, are going out for a date night. Yeah. They're not comedy fans. No, they're not. Comedy they're people fans. who are like, okay, we could go bowling. We can go see this guy.
0: Do you guys want to go do comedy? Great. I got eight tickets. And everyone's like, who is it? And they're like, doesn't matter. Right. And you're like, oh, maybe they saw
2: you on a YouTube clip. But mostly they're just going out. They don't know you. But it's like there's a thing where it's like and I find like with I was in Atlantic City and I, I was in Atlantic City and uh it's like these older crowds where you would think oh man these guys are gonna be like they're really old but i would just go up there and just be murdering because they would just once you got past your first little like jokes about who you are they just would buy in and then the rest of it would just be murder and i'm like oh my god this is so great yeah i wish it was like this all the time but then i find with some some of the younger crowds it's like they're like okay what what's what's next it's like I don't know what I have to I mean I, I'm experienced enough where I can stay in the pocket and just keep working them but a part of me goes why do I got to keep it? why do I got to do that yeah you know what I mean like I, I maybe that comes with and not maybe I'm sure it comes with having a following you know what I mean like having oh, uh, a following I it's mean, like <clears throat> Seinfeld had a thing like it's like they give you the benefit of the doubt but they're there to see you and that's a different vibe Seinfeld, than it is.
0: Seinfeld was, is a tad bit inaccurate because I remember what he said is yeah if you're famous, they give you the benefit out. That'll that'll get you like two minutes. But then you got to be bring the funny. Or whatever. Yeah, but I
2: think that's in a thing where it's like a club show where they're not there to say When they come out to see you,
0: yeah, that's yeah, that's what my my, my statement is. If they're coming to see you, you get the benefit of the doubt yeah. for an, an hour and right. thirty minutes. Right. I mean, to a fault, at, at times you'll go and I was just talking to Joe about this uh, this weekend. This I had a very great conversation with Joe about what I'm doing wrong, and like it's it's great when you have friends that can see perspective wise see what you're doing wrong right and and be and are and are beyond you at a point where they go oh let me just let me get you back on track that's great there's a girl um Taylor Thompson was talking about a girl that uh that gave her perspective and I was like those are so fucking important for someone to go oh I, I know what I know what, I know what you're going for but you're you're shifting off a little bit right and we were saying that sometimes when you do like theaters filled with your fans, you can get away with shortcuts that do not cut, do not uh cut the meat in in an in a, in a in a non in like a paid audience where they don't know who you are, right? Or maybe know who you are, but they're not a fan, right? And I found that out very quickly at the Improv the other night, of like people I fi- that all knew who I were, right? They were all there to see Joe, and man, my first set went horrible, like really horrible, and that hasn't happened in a long time for wow. me where I was like, where I was like silent at some points, like dropping punchlines and it just did not go over. And I was like, wow, I wonder if I'm resting a lot on the fact that you have to know me. Yeah. And you're like, wow. So then the next set, I just skinnied up everything. Right. And was like, and had a much better set, but, st- but it was like, but like, so, jo- uh, there was a joke and Joe's like, yeah, it's get rid of this joke, man. Like, it's not it, it, it makes you sound unlikable. It makes it sound like you don't love your wife. Well, if you come to my show and you see me in like a theater, you're like, I'm there to see Bert. Right. If Bert says something shitty about his wife. We all yeah, listen to the we, podcast. That's a we good know point. how much you love him. Yeah. Lo- but if I don't know you or your wife, you just sound like a guy who's ungrateful. Yeah. And 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 that was really fucking eye opening yeah. to me. I was like, oh, that corner, that cut corner. Right. I I need to if I'm going to do that, I need to make it clear for everyone. Right. So um. But yeah, I, I
2: mean, what what's what what do you? There's something about there, there's something about and I, I I hope you know what I'm talking about here. Where it's like I, I think you will. It's it's okay. It's a tough crowd, and you're like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna because I, now I don't get mad at them. I take the attitude of like uh, I, I wait till after. I, I get frustrated after. But when I'm when I'm on stage, I go let me get them. Let me keep working them. Mm-hmm. Let me keep working them. But it's like it's a thing where it's like the thing when I first saw you. It's like you stay in the pocket, but you get them on your terms. You, don't, you maintain your integrity because a lot of guys can get them by pandering. Or do you ever have somebody who's like a drunk woman in the crowd and they try to hijack the show? And yeah. you could just play into her hands and pass the time, do it like a penalty kill and just make her happy. But why the fuck should she hijack the show? Yeah. So it's like shut her down any way you can. And even if you have to be abrupt, like, look, stop because the crowd's not on your side. That's a tough thing to do. It's like, yeah. look, stop. And then, and then go on with trying to earn it It's a very tough spot to be in because you're trying to maintain your integrity. You're not pandering to them, but I'm going to maintain my integrity and I'm going to bring you in on my terms, not on your terms, because you don't know comedy, obviously, you know, and I'm not saying that in a condescending like way. It's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to lead you like you guys don't know, but I'm going to this is funny. You can this will be digestible, but I'm going to lead you through this. So I'm not going to pander. I I, want you (laughs) in, but I want you in on my terms. Yeah.
0: I used to do, and I still do. I don't do it as much now, but it, like, cause it's a little different. But I used to do something. It's an old David Tell trick. Is if I had a drunk person in the audience who wanted to be a part of the show, I would ask them the setup to my jokes, asking them for a punchline, right? And then they'd say their punchline, and I'd say mine, which was ten times better. Right. So like, uh, like, uh, like uh, I remember one of the. By the way, I wish these were higher brow setups, but like, uh. What's the best way to, to go down on a chick? And you hear the guy. And the guy would give his fucking real quick knee-jerk answer. Right. And then I would have mine and go, Oh, that's different. I don't do that the same way. I put my lips lips around her entirely and go, oh, and I go, that's so <laughs> crazy. And so you get a big laugh because you knew you had a joke right, there. Right. And then I go, wait, when you go out with a girl, like, and I would do it. I watched the tell do it one night brilliantly. Like, but his jokes are so much yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. yeah so much better that right. like he would ask someone the setup to his joke. And then they would reply, and then he would go, Oh, that's interesting. Cause dot, 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 wham. And you'd be like, What the fuck? And then, uh, and then inevitably, Attell would go, You see how this works? I've prepared for this evening. Yeah. You haven't yeah, let yeah. me take care of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Atel's a fucking genius, genius. man. He's genius. A, a legit genius. Yeah. He's oh, one man. of my favorite. He's he might be my favorite, favorite comic, like to yeah. watch.
2: Because I've been with him on the road, and, um, and uh, I, I've opened for him and and had good sets and and come off um, pat myself on the back feeling pretty good about myself. I'm like, I'm a pretty good comic, dude. This is uh, <laughs> this is working out for me. I have a lot of bright things in my future. And then he goes up and just annihilates on another level oh. that I've never seen before. Like people, like I'm getting laughs. People watching him can't catch their breath. They can't catch their breath. It's it's like it's like. Um, the way Manny Pacquiao used to fight, where it's like he'll hit you with three shots, turn you, three more shots, turn you, two more shots, and then the exchange is over, and then he resets. And it's like, I, I what? You're throwing, like I'm throwing like one punch, yeah, one punch, two punches at a time. He's like one, two, three, turn, one, two, three, and then uh, and then the shots are harder than anything that you're throwing. He and says, it's like, he it's says, unbelievable.
0: I, if I'm lucky, if I have a set where I say one thing that belongs on a t-shirt, he says things that belong on a tombstone. Like where I go, put that, that's what, anytime you say this, to this day, the things, the the one thing that, where I, lines he's had where I literally stop it and rewind it when he says, I want the kind of woman who drinks Jack and Diet Coke. You know, the kind of woman that goes out and yells the N-word at a lunar eclipse. (laughs) I just, I mean, just like, oh, he's just so fucking, so fucking yeah. i think it was like an eclipse but anyway but like he's just so fucking
2: smart yeah and what's it what? I mean, he's fast on his. i mean he's he's got the, all the intangibles like he's a great writer but he's like very fast on his feet like anything you throw he just can he can jujitsu big jay
0: into. said one time you know dave was driving out to see his mom a lot i guess i don't know I, i'm not certain i'm gonna say names of cities that I'm, but they're not accurate i'm just telling you i'm re-tra translating the story so maybe Jay, uh, Dave's mom lives in uh, Levittown. Let's just say Levittown. Right. I don't know where she lives, by right. the way. And my dad grew up in Levittown. That's why I'm using Levittown. And Big J was driving out, and he was back and forth. So Big J does a gig out in uh, at Governor's, which yeah. is in Levittown. Right. And by the way, it's not Levittown. I'm just using this as an example. And he's been watching Dave work out all week, knowing Dave's been driving back and forth. And the drive out, he saw like nine Atel punch punchlines just on road signs, and like, sign so, like signage on the street and he's like he's been driving just writing jokes just <laughs> like you know like an asian hand job from from for 499 full body i bet they say full body like he's just he's seeing set up and punch lines yeah. on the drive that's how fucking brilliant it was usual
2: suspects yeah it's the usual suspects not, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's kaiser sosa he's looking at the he's looking at the bulletin board
0: oh yeah i'll tell you what man the one thing i look at this is what i, I we, I've been talking a little ad nauseum about this, but like the one thing I've been trying to do lately is I always try to like better myself with every special, like do something different, get out of my comfort zone and see if I can tackle another angle. Right. I've never been I've never been great with setup punches. I'll get two or three good ones in an hour, like like legit maybe two or three good ones. But um what'll happen is I'll I'll write them and then I've got to fucking shoehorn them into my to my story. Right but um this out this new hour i'm trying to work i'm like this i know this sounds so silly especially for a new york comic to say this to a new york comic but like i'm really trying to work on act outs a lot more because i've been watching g- when guys do an act out and like it tells no act outs whatsoever right. whatsoever but like the littlest action just can floor me sometimes right i watched sebastian the other night yeah and just the way he said something, yeah. and, he's, and I'm like, and it's not. I'm just like, why am I not adding that to my rep? Why am yeah. I? What am I yeah. afraid of? Am I afraid I'll be bad at it? Well, then I right. work on it. Right, I'll right, see if I can right. get better. Right. But joke writing is like I've I've never been the all my good jokes that I've ever written are all kind of like ripped off of the way a tell writes jokes. You know what cops hate when you touch their faces?
2: <laughs> you know, like. But do you ever have that thing where it's like, oh, because I have the mindset is if I adjust my practice then the result will change so it's like um i my first album is like i'm I'm mostly a joke guy it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of jokes so but i'm like okay what's my connection i have the other thing where it's like i have jokes but it's like what's my emotional connection to these jokes like people will relate much better if there's an emotional connection there so it's like oh my next thing i do like let, let me try to like let me, instead of like, oh, I need some marriage jokes. I need some gambling jokes. Instead of like, I'm, I need these jokes. It's like, instead of that, it's like, start journaling. Start yep. journaling a little bit. And then it's like, oh, cause there's stuff that happens every single day that you, if you don't examine it, it, it will go to waste. But it's like, you're already, you, you have the ability to write jokes. So if you journal, you'll have like the scaffolding, you'll have the information there and then you can turn the organic things that are happening to you into jokes are you talking about megabus yeah megabus, <laughs> megabus is a story yeah. yes it's, it's a, a story. story it's a story it's like fucking punch. brilliant Punching. thank you and it's such a
0: brilliant like it's just it's this you know it's like sometimes with with comics w- w- enjoying comedy it's the simple things where we go i was right there like god right. damn it man right. that's so good it's not it's not complicated you don't have to over the sim like Stanhope has a joke that is I I can't even do it justice. I I would never be able to do it justice right now saying it and even bringing up the premise. I couldn't do it justice, but it's a premise people have veered away from because it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a it it has been at times a tired premise. But Stanhope leaned into it, and he does it so masterfully that you're like you're like. That it turns into one of the most epic right. jokes you've ever fucking heard. And I, I'm I don't even know what I'm saying about this, but yeah. it's like I look at stuff like that where I go, and you did that with Megabus. It's like the little the, that one, I don't know why I keep going back to that one joke. The whole album is amazing. But that Megabus joke had me fucking rolling. Thank like you. Like crying.
2: It's so how did yeah. did you? Well, really my said- car got my my car got stolen in Queens. Yeah. So I started it depends how you look at things too. It's like I always was like, uh, I had to work through this in therapy too, like running uphill guy. Like everything's a problem. I got this to do today, I got this to do today. It's like it's like and my therapist was like, what a what a terrible way to look at the world. No wonder you're exhausted all the time. It's like you can't look at things that way. How about getting up in the morning and go I'm doing this. I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna tackle this. It's like yeah. have that kind of approach. And that that's been my problem all through my life, even with wrestling. It's like, oh, I gotta cut weight. Oh, I gotta wrestle. Uh, one just one time I would like to be like, I'm gonna go tear this kid up. Like I didn't I never had that mentality. Yeah. So my car got stolen in Queens, <laughs> cut to my car getting stolen. I go there, it's not there. And um, I go through all this stuff with the cops and whatever, and uh, they're not being helpful. They don't show up for a couple hours, they're not helpful, and um, and we never find it until eight months later it's burned out and uh and and stripped and now i have no car it's like oh this could seem like a a terrible situation but it's like there's you know it hits you sometimes like there's jokes here there's a ton of jokes here so the worst experience is like there's a ton of stuff that can come out of this and i ended up like taking it and then molding it and then doing it on the tonight show and i'm like all from a stolen car is like a you know, a thing that's a t- could be judged as a terrible thing, yeah. but I turned it and and put it on the Tonight Show. So it's like you can take stuff like that and and manipulate it to to work for you. And that and this is a I'm saying this as a guy who's always like ah oh, I got to do this like looking at the negative. Yeah. So there's a way to do it, and I I figure if you take that mindset into situations, you can turn them. For the oh yeah, and yeah, they, yeah, good guys really do. It's well, so
0: funny? I, well, I I'm never good at I'm never good at that. Like I'm always good at. My wife will be like. Hey, this there's a joke happening right here, right? Or, or she'll point it out, and I'm like, "Oh yeah." Sadly, my brain is like, I'm so self centered that it, it's kind of bizarre. But like, I I think about myself so much, <laughs> and like my interactions with other people and how I, like that, I I I feel like lately, it it's taken other people to go, "Hey, are you doing that thing? You the thing you told at dinner the other night? Are you doing that as a bit?" And then I go, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Like I, I yeah. feel like
2: but that's that's why I'm saying like the practice because of a like I was missing a lot too and like journaling helps if you tr- if I, I got a journal I going to journal I'm gonna journal I'm and gonna then writing journaling. the notes on your phone like when it when it when it hits you you know it's like there's there's something here, here I'll tell you I, I I don't even know what I'll it tell is you what but there's something here on my, on my phone yeah.
0: tell me if you can help me turn this into a joke, um, uh, this is this is this is something my wife said that I could not stop laughing at she wasn't trying to be funny and. um We we were driving over the hill yesterday, and there was a guy. You know those ladders that have like, they're like four different things you can do with it. You can turn it into a ladder. You can do it to a scaffolding. You can. It's like it's like a ladder. Swiss Army. It's a Swiss yeah, Army ladder. ladder. Yeah. <laughs> <what> <laughs> this is gonna sound horrible. There was a Hasidic Jewish person, uh, with like the whole getup, right? right? Like the fuzzy hat, the locks, the 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 uh, holsters like the whole outfit right. and he had protective goggles and the longest uh saw I've ever seen in my life and he's going to get on the thing and as soon as he st- he's got it made a scaffold as soon as he steps on the scaffold, it collapses he throws his arms out and lands flat on his side he ate shit so hard through the fucking thing and my wife could not stop laughing and I said And this is just the base of it. And I said, "What?" I go, hey, that guy got really fucking hurt. And she goes, oh, honey, there's something you need to know about me. I can't stop laughing when I watch people fall. And I said, really? She goes, I had a training video when I worked at Lowry's and it was about people falling. She goes, I laughed through the whole fucking thing. And Isla just peeps out of the back. She goes, I love watching people fall too. And the fact that these two women love watching people fall, I I go, there's something there. I got to find the thing.
2: I, I think I have it. Okay. Okay, your your wife is watching, the the, the Jewish guy has just fallen, yeah. right? And she goes, oh, honey, there's something you should know about me. I'm Muslim. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's why I enjoyed it. I like watching <laughs> I'm a <Palestinian>. Jews fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm anti-Semitic, something like that. Either one of those. <laughs> And that's how I found out my wife was uh, a member of the Nazi <laughs> oh, <pardon. laughs> Yeah, I've been trying to uh
0: the joke I wrote today. To, I'm, I'm 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 all about planting a seed for a joke and letting it pay off like 5 months from now. Like I will give you a But perf- do you
2: like check in on it?
0: Is that a thing you do? I'll give you a perfect example. Uh 5 years ago, I wrote a Yelp review. Okay? I was I was just I had a really great BLT. I was with them friends and I was bro. I was, could not shut up. How good this BLT was It's an old Hamlin restaurant in, uh, in Michigan. And they're like, write a fucking Yelp review. Why don't you? And so I wrote a Yelp, a very intense Yelp review, like a fucking very, very intense Yelp review, but the joke was for no one. The joke was for no one. And I thought, I hope one day it pays off. Like hopefully, like hopefully one day I'll be successful and someone will find it and go, Holy shit, this was five years ago, Bert wrote a fucking extremely aggressive Yelp review about a BLT he had. Well, two, three weeks ago, Bert and I are doing a podcast, and he says, um, he says, who the fuck writes Yelp reviews? And then I, I go, I do. And he's like, you write Yelp reviews? And I go, I have. And he's like, no fucking way. I go, yeah, I'll see if I can find one. <laughs> So I find that Yelp review and I send it to him. This is fucking, it's like a joke that you plant five years ago. Yeah, It's almost like leaving like a time machine in your front yard and then digging it up and it's all just jokes. And he wrote it, he read it and he goes, this is the funniest thing I've ever fucking read in my life. And it's (laughs) 10 times funnier knowing that you didn't write this for anyone. You wrote this for yourself in a fuck just going like, like a a perfect example, perfect, perfect example. This This is a long time ago. My wife and I, we live in an apartment, and uh, she had had uh, tape on the counter, on the table, and I was cutting my toenails, and I had a pile of toenails, and I was like, oh, fuck. So I just grabbed the tape, and I took the tape, and I taped them underneath the the table. (laughs) And I thought, one day, I won't remember that I've done this. My wife will find this. She'll say something to me, and I'll laugh, and I won't be able to stop laughing, because I'll remember I did this as a joke for myself in the future. And oh my so God. so I taped them on a on of things, so then we move the we're moving apartments, maybe like two years later, we're moving apartments, she lifts up the table, and as she does, I think about them, and she goes, "What the f-? now I get to experience her go, "What the fuck is this?" like oh. I couldn't stop laughing, and she was like, "Hold on, this
2: isn't fucking funny. Why would you tape like those things? Now that's where you bring it back, but a Jew falling is
0: <laughs> yeah, but if I <laughs> fell and did that, then all of a sudden there's a fucking joke in there." <laughs> but like I love like I sometimes that's
2: really I mean a lot of thought man that's what's
0: this oh is this Frank and Nick's yeah I do this is a bad review okay so this I gotta apologize to Frank and Nick Frank and Nick's West End Grill in Baltimore that's uh that was a case of me being drunk and uh and uh and, and so I, so I, uh, this is a dick move and this is why I don't write negative Yelp reviews. I went in, I said to the bartender, I said, uh, Hey man, what's good? And he goes, I don't know. I go, well, like what, what do you recommend? And he goes, uh, why don't you look at the menu. And I was like, okay. So I look at the menu and I go, how's the turkey sandwich? And he goes, fine. It's a turkey sandwich. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll have the turkey sandwich. And then I got the turkey sandwich and it was clear that it had—it was not, there was no love had gone into it. It was, right. j- it was, a, it was a, the most bland, horrible turkey sandwich I'd right. ever had in my life. I ordered a beer from the guy and I was like, I don't want to tip, but I go, I can't not tip. Yeah. I'm just going to let everyone, I'm going to tip. I'm going to just, I'm going to say my piece on Yelp. So I wrote, I don't, do. you, did you, is, can you read the review? Uh, no, no, no. There's a whole Reddit though. So... <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so i but you were drunk at the time i was drunk okay. and i wrote a nasty review of okay. frank and nicks of heidi and frank's whatever not heidi and frank's but so then i go on rogan and rogan's like uh we're, they're talking about yelp and i go oh dude i just yelped this one fucking place heidi and nicks and he was like what happened i said i said exactly what I just said the guy was a fucking asshole and the place sucks like, fuck that place and fuck fuck them dude i'm a customer i should have come in the fucking owner is like direct messages me, he's like, bro, I'm a fucking fan of yours. Like, why wouldn't you share this with us there? Why wouldn't you ask for a manager? That's not the the way to do it. Is you ask for me don't blow me up online. Right. He's like, I have my money invested in this. Yeah. Like, don't be like, be a man and come up and say, hey man, right. your bartender sucks. He goes, by the way, I fired that guy. He is a dick. I wish you had told me, and then I could have known that. And then I was like, I'm sorry. He's like, dude, you've costed me. Like, people are hitting me up. They're destroying my Yelp. Like, my Yelp reviews are down low. Like he's like man please yeah, you forget what kind of platform you forget on. you forget that you yeah. th- we talked about this right when we got on here yeah, yeah. you forget that you say it's someone's fucking name is. or you do some shit like that and people go that affects their lives yes i mean i, I you know
2: i'm all for that by the way not not affected, but like having that conversation in private and like uh dealing with it on the spot and not like not doing it online or i'll tell you or, I'll tell you or, or, you or even if you're not thinking about it like yeah it's better to do on the spot man
0: i had a friend who uh i had a friend who uh was going through some shit and i ended up talking about it and he just called me he's like hey man why didn't you just say nothing like why did you have to say it at all and yeah. i was like i don't know he was like well you know you can also not say anything right and i was like yeah i guess you're right. right but in this day and age where you're like where you feel like you have a voice and anything that happens you know like the fucking logan paul versus chris Dalia, like i regret i mean i'm friends with delia right and so right. i immediately pick delia's side and i make fun of logan paul i don't know logan paul yeah but logan paul sees that and he's like going through some shit in his life it's the last thing he fucking needs yeah. is some guy with a platform right fucking talking shit about him when he's like dude i fucking filmed a dead body i didn't know this was gonna happen okay clearly i fucked up right. let me just like All and right. then i fucking went after a professional comedian and i fucked up again like right and then because now i kind of like this sounds really silly but like logan paul and jake paul I kind of follow them and yeah. i get a kick out of them the fact that they're boxing and they fucking fly private jets and they yeah. drink champagne and like i don't i don't have any negative thoughts for them. tim right. dylan's friends with them right says he's like they're actually really good guys it's bizarre to see their lifestyle but like it is kind of crazy It's like you're right it's like have a private conversation yeah and there's no reason to make it public yeah yeah and yeah it's like kevin brennan when he said he cheated on his wife and it, and then she found out Did you ever hear this story no he did it on opium gym and she found out, and they go. He came back to Opium and Gym, and they're like, "They're like, so you got in a lot of trouble." He's like, "Yeah, my wife's leaving me." And they're like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, I guess I said I cheated on her, and she heard it." And they're like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, I said to her that was in the last five minutes of the show. Who listens to the last five minutes?"
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's better to keep those, uh, you know, personal beefs keep them keep them um, off off well, the airwaves i dude, would say i'm you know? so I'm not...
0: fucking glad that me and you got to do this i've been wanting to podcast with you for yeah, a man long I, really time. I really appreciate
2: i really appreciate because i i reached out to you man and, and i really appreciate you having me dude, on. dude anytime Thank you so much. man
0: look i'm telling you me and you are connected yeah and like we are legit yeah. are yeah. And i there there are thi- when when you succeed i feel that in a weird way because i go like that moment we had with me and jay in that yeah. fucking hotel room where we realized how we were connected i was like oh my god i almost got into a fist fight with you in college yeah like and then and then you to see these two dudes who were both probably self-proclaimed meatheads at the time yeah come to a place where we're both at doing the same fucking right.
2: occupation right.
0: is so bizarre a coincidence yeah, that i a, don't
2: think it's a coincidence yeah it's a weird thing it's a weird thing how how things work out
0: i mean i don't yeah. know if you know this but like i have I've silently and vocally been a champion of yours I about how fucking it. talented you I are. I do know it, and like, I, I appreciate it. I had that. my manager. Yeah. I was like, I, I I, grabbed my manager. I was like, you got to see this guy. Best fucking comic in the business. Fucking your album comes out. Dude, hardcore. Any, I'm telling you when I say this. That's why I say this. Anytime you ever have anything you want to promote, my podcast is an open platform. Even if you can't make it out, you're like, yo, I'm doing the other pro- podcast. Okay. Would you mind throw it in the reads? 100% any project you got going on, tour dates, you name it. You want me to retweet anything? Fucking done, dude. I really, oh, honestly, I, I I have so much love for you and so much respect for because comedically, dude, there's not a lot of guys doing what you're doing. That like, means a lot, man. You're the fucking. I him. really
2: appreciate that. And I know I told you this at the impractical uh, jokers tour, but like, I watched you, uh, you know, for after I met you, at Jay's. You were in the clubs for years and years, you know, working uh, the improvs and and stuff, and and to see you in theaters now, like getting your due is uh is unbelievable and i'm oh, proud thank of you,
0: man. you. i, I tell I, t- I remember i don't know how much of this shook down but i was like i remember hitting up jay going you think mike would go do the road with me and take him out on theaters and he's like yeah <laughs> yeah and i was like i was absolutely. like i would love for him to be on some yeah. fucking dates yeah that would be great so too. my my fan my the crowds that come see me yeah bro you are the perfect setup for me like you we do we do the same we have the same uh perspectives right but fucking such different, different styles different styles yeah, of comedy yeah. it's fucking great man anytime you ever see a date where you're like like yo man i'd love to get on that show beacon theater i'm there in uh in mid-march i think this podcast will probably be coming out right before then i'm there march let me see uh march 7th i'm in the beacon theater Are you
2: in town uh i think i'm out at the beginning of march and then i'm going to skank fest at the end but like skank
0: south yeah Ah, skank this out that's gonna be fucking but uh, uh like my calendar only journey. goes
2: six months so after june okay uh after june i'm i have nothing on the books well i got i june. i haven't announced
0: this tour but i have a tour starting oh how about uh how about what about july well oh, i think i said july 8th. oh yeah how about july 18th
2: yeah that's got nothing past june let's yeah.
0: let's let's book this now july 18th i'm at the borgata i have two shows um july 18th I'm gonna put you on. No, no, not at all. Please let them know. No, I announced it this morning. Actually, um, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna send it to them. They'll just reach out to you. Okay. And so if you, if something comes up better, obviously, you feel free. July 18th. Mike Becky on July 18th, the Borgata. Can you please reach out? Yeah, that'll be fucking. That's blast, great, dude. man. Thank you. Two shows. Borgata's so much fun. Is it the music room, or do you do the? Do you do? I have no idea. No, oh, okay. I have no idea. If I'm doing two shows, I'm sure it's not the big room. Okay. I don't know what I was just. I was just there.
2: Yeah, I was just there too. I was there last. Oh week. no, no, no! I'm. Mean, it's a, it's the big week. room. It's it is. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it I was. Figured. It's because I went out I figured, and I was like, yeah.
0: "This is." I'm not familiar with this room. Yeah. Yeah, I was just there. Um. But yeah, so July 18th. That's great, man. I'll have Thank him you. hit you up, and, and that would be great, man. That's great. We'll have a fucking great time too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about your brother. Your brother's out there, right?
2: Now my brother's in North Carolina. Now. Oh really? But. uh yeah, that's uh, that's fun. It's it's a good time.
0: My idiot cousins yeah. from Philly will all come out. It'll be a blast. <laughs> well, dude, thank you for doing this, man. Yeah, man, thank you. Can what, I plug yeah, dates? Yeah, please, please, um, please, and write these down so we can throw them up in the intro too.
2: Okay. Um, for uh, my social media is at Comic Mike V. So uh, please follow me on all social media platforms at Comic V. My website is MikeVechione Um, in uh, February twenty, uh, I'll be in these cities: Connecticut, Texas. Uh, Illinois. So Windsor Locks, Connecticut, February 28th and 29th at Bobby V's. Um, Austin, Texas, March 4th through the 7th, Cap City. And uh, Chicago, Illinois, uh, Zaney's, March 11th through the 14th. So Windsor Locks, Connecticut, Austin, Texas, and Chicago, Illinois. Um, and also I'll be at Skankfest uh, South in uh, Houston, Texas, March 27th through the 29th. Please, please listen to my podcast, No Disrespect. It's on the Guys Digital Network um you can get it downloaded on itunes also that's no disrespect and please buy my album the worst kind of thoughtful available on itunes anyway, thank you we should just
0: cut that and put that in the in our read because that's all the information uh yeah that's fucking awesome dude Thanks, you're man. the fucking best man i appreciate
2: you having me man i really
0: do no i appreciate it Thanks. let's go in i'll walk walk you through my house one more time <laughs>